0: You're listening to it, Tom and Zeus on the Shout It Out Loudcast. One of them has a body built for sin and the other has an appetite for passion. Stick around, you'll find out who. I'm Mitch LaFawn from Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. <laughs>
1: It's Ozzy's son. Yeah. I didn't know this. yeah, Ozzy's an old
2: fart.
1: <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because it's time for another bonus episode. Episode number nine. We are calling this one, We Are Crazy. I don't know what to do, but I can guarantee Ozzy doesn't have any viable solutions. Easy E, Tom. How are you? Oh man, I don't like that intro, Sonny, because you're
3: already you're, you're already giving away some opinions. I'm I'm nervous here, but thank you, Sonny. Zeus, what's up, my friend?
0: Oh, you're forgetting. I'm apparently now Easy E. Easy
3: Z. Well, well because well because we started recording, Zeus and I were trading off NWA lyrics. So maybe that will like we said earlier, a future bonus episode potentially.
0: Yeah, we were doing a little uh, dope man. Thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly
0: right yep um so guys nice to to get the gang back together again i know we don't see ever have sunny on so you know it's, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of tough great to see you guys i can't fucking wait to get into this episode but before we do we always go back to previous episodes so first we we just did bon jovi's debut album we probably will start with the polls. We did what f- favorite song, Tom? Yep, yep. So
3: it was Bon Jovi's debut in the poll that we always do is uh, f- favorite or best song off of that. Uh, and the options were Roulette, Runaway, She Don't Know Me. I-, I don't know how the fuck that was a finalist, and 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 Breakout. Uh, and of course, we knew Runaway was going to run away with it, and they did. Fifty nine percent of the votes, and then Roulette and She Don't Know Me would tie with eighteen, and Breakout came in last five percent so it's not a surprise i think i was more interested to see what was going to come in second place because we knew runaway was going to run away with it so those are the poll results from the bon jovi debut yeah a little bit of a little bit of an an interesting pick i like i I was happy with the album um and we got some feedback too that we're going to talk about to see what everybody else thought of it too
1: yeah sonny do you want to tell us what you got there for feedback all right so i got facebook uh daniel people's I can't promise another Hit Parader article on this one. I don't know much about it. I'll listen to the album a few more times before getting into the meat on this one. Maybe you'll get a Tiger Beat blurb. I don't get that one. Did you guys do something with Hit Parader? Um, <laughs> no, I don't know, but Tiger Beat.
0: <laughs> last time Daniel wrote to us, it was like a fucking like a
1: thesis. Oh, so, okay. so he's
0: saying you know, I'm not going to write a whole Hit Parader article on this.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'll start by telling you Stephen Stacy is a liar. So I'll start by that. Um, Uh Holy shit! Another great episode. Being fifty, I'm biased, coming from LPs and eight tracks. If you're fifty, dude, you don't come from eight tracks. I only had one eight track. (laughs) You ain't fifty. You might a little bit older than fifty. Listening to full albums was a thing we did. This is one of those perfect albums, not because all the songs are, but every song creates perfect memories. Not to mention how every lyric comes back uh, out, no matter how much time has passed. You're hitting on all cylinders with perfect albums of the era. Pyromania, slide it in, are also on my list. I also th- throw Scorpions, Love It First Thing, Desert Island for me, baby. I like I I too, I, I I dread that being a bonus pick ah. <laughs>
3: next week. I'm i here. I'm, 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 I'm shouted out, I'm, I'm I'm terrified of that coming up. We're stinging. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay. better than pegging well <laughs> here we go again
1: dan o'halloran says sunny peggy Wood poony can we agree <laughs> that sunny gets us all a little ripe to peg someone no <laughs> oh, no no. or no, to peg God. someone <laughs> close <laughs> okay i guess not just anyone someone close um all right other facebook uh jack of uh, panacchio
4: C'è una luna menzumata, mamma mia, mamma di da Villarevadadarevam bhamevandacharu
2: Sitrevillaro vishayo 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 vishayo
4: vishayo 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 vishayo
0: vishayo 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 vishayo
4: vishayo vishayo
0: vishayo
1: vishayo 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 Oh, wait a second um i'm a big bon jovi <laughs> fan so this was a great insight for me but hearing Sonny do the adam and eve commercial on paul's voice i wanted to peg my own ears <laughs> Nice. <laughs> i gotta i got a special way i'm doing it today just for you oh. Uh great show guys i had a blast uh, when the three of you were on 11 out of 10 oh okay Nice, jack uh charles eaton great job guys the bon jovi albums are always an enjoyable listen even though the new stuff uh after their most wait, even the new stuff after their most recent invention, I guess he likes the country Bon Jovi. Their do, debut was, I felt perfectly covered in the episode. John's hunger for making iconic music was very obvious. After all the success in the hungry years, they aren't as hungry anymore. They've enjoyed the main course of success for years. And now they're only interested in offering up the desserts as a matured and evolved complement to their early hard work. Wow. Wow. is he a writer for paul stanley yeah i was wondering are we gonna Isn't get like terrible paul... soup from paul from now well, on well
3: that is that 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 is quite the uh analogy right there yeah, i like paul it i'll
0: do something like that like i'm we're the whole dessert we're, <laughs> something like that fucking cheesy lines. fuck
1: him and his food
0: <laughs> what, 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 what <laughs> we're, <laughs> on?
1: we're talking desserts and i'm a fat guy favorite dessert zeus oh jesus christ um I don't,
0: I mean, I don't really have anything that's favorite. I would, I am thankful that I'm not a big dessert guy because I'd be five times, I'd be fucking the P2 fucking <laughs> times five if I, if I like desserts.
1: Wow. Wow. Tommy, how about you? Uh,
3: I am a big sucker for carrot cake and Boston cream pie. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. I will
0: take this back. The only pie I will eat is a lemon meringue pie. That's oh, it. I like
1: that too. Yeah. All three of those are good for me. The carrot cake, I'll only eat the icing though. Yeah. Yeah, but I do tiramisu. Like, I oh, was yeah. not a tiramisu fan, but my wife, it's her favorite dessert. And after yep. I tasted it a couple of times, I'm like, oh, my God. And Tres Leches cake, like a good Ooh. Tres Leches is really good. Listen to this. California, wow. You can, you can get some good stuff. So,
3: yeah. Now, those are great, too. But I like a good old fashioned care of ringdings.
1: <laughs> that sounds like an Adam and Eve thing. So we'll I see. was
3: just going to uh, say that. <laughs> cut that out and edit it. Yeah.
1: All right, so Pod Chaser, uh, Aces High, seven seven nine, very underrated album. I met him once; seemed like a cool guy. I guess he met Bon Jovi once. Oh, cool! I dare you to do an album that was released in the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I dare <laughs> us to do an album in the last twenty years. It's this probably not
0: gonna probably not gonna happen anytime soon. I, I stick to that. There's no good artists after the fucking nineties. Uh, that's,
1: uh, that's oh
0: boy, that is untrue.
1: Serial uh, Man, seventy eight. Is it Serial man or cereal? Man? I don't know. Well, how do you spell it, Sonny? Uh, C e a r e a l. Well, when
0: you came up with the when you came up with the name for it, like how did you spell it? Did you spell it correctly? Oh come on! <laughs> I
1: Like what? What is he talking about? He got me on. He got me on that one. His pod chase of burner account. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Read my own burner account there. Uh wish I could give this one seven stars. The bonus episodes are really, really, really good. Shouldn't I have seven realees then? But yeah. I know, whatever. <laughs> um steve 67 i guess this is me too so uh love all the episodes of tom and zeus no that ain't me and these bonus episodes are a welcome addition whether the album is a personal favorite or not doesn't matter opens up the ears to new and maybe previous disliked albums these guys are just the absolute best
3: wow okay all right uh so we go we go over to twitter get some twitter stuff here and we start off with probably my favorite comment and all the Twitter, and this comes from Darren71, also known as Dracula Lizard. And he <laughs> posts a he posts a picture of, of John Bon Jovi. Recent John Bon Jovi. R- recent picture of John Bon Jovi. And he, and it says, happy 61st birthday to Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. That's rough, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just makes me that, cry. That's, that's an, an insult just me, to Jamie Lee Curtis, to be honest. It's just making me cry laughing because it fucking looks just like her. <laughs> but but anyways, um, there we, our friend Sean Han, before I even listen to the episode, this is a fantastic album that has aged quite well. Some of their best and strongest material saw them on tour supporting this album album opening for scorpions oh another scorpions reference oh uh they killed it um let's see forces force of nature uh it's one of their best albums if not their best certainly the most consistent all the tracks are great oh okay uh, Our a bu- good buddy steve i think this album sometimes unfairly gets forgotten because of slippery when wet in new jersey great album with no duff tracks on it. Uh, Maybe that must be a uh, British word. I saw them on this tour when they supported Kiss. A shame that after they became huge, they ignored it. Stanley lives for you. Bon Jovi was complete shit until Slippery (laughs) went wet. (laughs) Good last two albums and then complete shit again. Nobody will agree, but it be, oh, it be. Murph, our buddy Murph gives us a thumbs up uh donna chang is sexy easily the best bonus episode so far the pegging conversation alone Mm -hmm. is worth it hashtag ppp pandemic paul pegged (laughs) uh andy from twitter their best album question mark could be uh twisted Kister says dang zeus buffy and the terror mentions and then he gives us a little then he gives us a little fonzie uh gif saying i can dig it save rock and metal Save rock and metal. The episode was absolute hilarity. I love the bonus episodes. Uncle Pauly says, dude, you're going to give Tommy a heart attack with these rankings. <laughs> um, our buddy Deuce. Uh-oh. All the same pop metal, catchy choruses, decent lyrics. In my opinion, nothing here makes me love this album. Not bad, not great. Just meh. Ooh, that's Sonny's word. Meh. I, I know. So I that's our, it from uh, Steven. So that's, tw- that, that's our Twitter feedback. What do you got, Zeus? Anything?
0: Yeah I've got emails Okay, Teddy Teddy Barnes Bon fucking Jovi (laughs) I was ready to bust all your balls But then I heard the episode And loved it Great breakdown Mine rankings were completely different than all of you You guys need a new commercial I'm sick of making Adam and Eve Crapola purchases (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that (laughs) Really sharp Bon Jovi debut LP is my ranking of the first Bon Jovi LP I will note that the keyboards On Breakout remind me of something You might hear on the Flash Gordon Soundtrack which is right Oh yeah that's or right Sci-fi movie of the era and then okay. Bill gives us His um, his uh, rankings He has She Don't Know Me number one Tom that's, wow. that's that's a fireable Offense yeah <laughs> Terrible Mac Matty BJ <laughs> Okay the Bon Jovi episode was stupid good. Love <laughs> stupid <laughs> crazy fresh. Bam, bam. Hello, yo, what's up? I, I want, I want you to hear my rap album. Uh huh. Yo, what's up? This is my name is Curly G Cradle Rock. Uh huh. Yo, I got some good music. I want to come down there. And yo, bam. I want you to play that. <laughs> Man, I hate these Boston fans. Stupid Boston fans. Yeah, Mo Vaughn. Drop that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to find that. You know how hard it is to find that I, clip. That, that's true. That's a, that. that's a that was, real inside joke. Go ahead, yeah. tell explain it. No, that was that. That was
3: like in the '90s when Mo Vaughn. They were. Um, was it after Mo his? Ad- yeah. Do you remember Mo Vaughn, Sonny, for the Red oh, Sox? Yeah, lefty, yeah. big boy. Yeah, 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 Prince Fielder type body. Yeah. yeah. yeah, MV, yeah.
0: MV, MVP. Yeah, the guy was guy was guy was a god around here. So he was getting like the usual shit before, before Boston won championship. It was like the whole Rick Patino snapping and like, and all this negativity that's in this town sucks. Everything's negative and Mo Va- like the media was all over any athletes in Boston. So he eventually left and went to Los Angeles, the angels right before he left, they were asking him questions and stuff. And then Mo Vaughn went off. What did he say? He just goes, go, go. Sp- Dumb, stupid Boston fan. They are stupid.
3: <laughs> but this, but that's before he flipped his truck on the highway driving home from the foxy lady
0: one night <laughs> in Providence, Rhode Island. That's uh, right. Many, many a bachelor pa- uh, parties there. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we'll yeah. that we'll see. That that maybe that could be a bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> Our fucking foxy <laughs> lady trips. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> the- did I, did I even read his fucking email? I'm sorry. I jumped in on you there. Go know. ahead. Bon Jovi episode was st- <laughs> stupid. Good. Love Paul doing part of the ad. Zeus Rankins are most on point. Then we get Sean Dehan's email. Sean is a huge Bon Jovi fan. So we went back and forth with a couple emails on this episode So I don't want to read this all because You want to talk, this isn't Hit Parade This is War and Peace, this fucking email (laughs) And I I fucking loved it I went back and forth with them But I'm sure the listeners don't really want to hear it I'll just read, I'll just paraphrase Some of this, love the episode Like you Zeus, I was in on this very early Pretty happy somebody out there enjoys this As much as I do, in fact it's my Favorite Bon Jovi album You always remember your first time Right? So, and then he you know, goes down and breaks down different eras of Bon Jovi The fucking tracks I'm I'm telling you, I took screenshots of this It's like seven screenshots It was awesome, it was a great conversation I love it And so if you guys do that on this album Or any other previous album you guys want to discuss Feel free to, uh, to do that Because we do get back to you Especially on people, you know, episodes that we personally love So yep. we'll see how this one goes Um so anyways, that was bon- That was the feedback from Bon Jovi's episode. Awesome feedback. We'll find out how we get feedback on this episode, which is Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz. But
3: before we get into that, we have our friend Sonny to provide us with some information.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, Ring Dings or Twinkies or Ding Dongs are available here, <laughs> but... Since I got a lot of crap about being Paul Stanley on the last read, here's what you're going to get this time. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter promo code loudcast at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him a special gift for her and a third item you will both enjoy and six free spicy movies plus free shipping. Thanks. <laughs> That's promo code loudcast at even Adam and Eve dot com.
3: Computer oh messed
1: up. Sorry. <laughs> you happy now?
3: I, I, I'm I'm happy. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was wonderful.
0: I know or I'm off on a fucking inside joke thing. It sounds like more games in first place, more days in first place, oh, more yeah. days in first place.
3: Yep. Boston, Boston Red Sox. That's inside. That's inside sports radio shit. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. Go ahead, buddy. So, anyway, let's talk about this album. Usually what we do is we like to begin with our first experience with the album. So <laughs> let's start off with Sonny. Sonny, Blizzard of Oz, your first experience.
1: Yeah. My guess is this first experience is probably going to be shared with a bunch of people. And that is my first experience of Blizzard is Tribute. So I come into Ozzy in 87 because crazy trains all over MTV. And so uh, Tribute was probably one of the first live albums I ever bought. Live After Death was probably first, but this was one of the first I bought. And it's still to this day, my favorite Ozzy album overall, right? Uh, Including studio albums and all of um blizzard is on the album all the, all of blizzard is played on the album so then going back and actually getting blizzard I'm like okay well all these songs got slower like what the hell happened same thing happened to me listening to animalize live uncensored listening to kiss alive and then going back to like hotter than hell and kiss going how are the songs getting slower like what the hell is going on right um i would say that my tribute The tribute versions are my favorites of all these songs. There's not a single song that I like better the studio version than I do tribute. That being said, that actually got me into this album and got me listening to more Ozzy, right? Unbelievable idea to, in the middle of the guitar hero generation, and I mean guitar heroes being played on MTV, not guitar hero, the video game. And then you throw into a kid like me, hey, don't forget this guy that passed away early, he was a guitar God too. And then get you interested. So it was a br- brilliant move because otherwise I never know who Randy Rhodes is. I wouldn't care two cents. I wouldn't care at all. But Crazy Train did it all. That, that's for me. Yeah. For me, I have very vivid
3: memories of uh, this album starting with Crazy Train. So I've said this before in a lot of these bonus episodes, I have a sister who's four years older than me and we grew up, you know, I was, I was you know, what seven, eight years old, right at the birth of MTV. And we were watching MTV obsessively. And also in the area, in in the Boston area, Zeus, you you know this, and people from New England, hopefully they remember too. Boston's an awesome area for hard rock and metal radio stations. And one of the greatest stations in the area was 94.5 WCOZ. Long gone, long gone. Long afterwards, <clears throat> it got taken over by hip hop, right? Correct. Yep. got Taken
0: over by hip hop. Yep. Yep.
3: One of the great channels of all time, and they played. And when I was a little kid, I can't imagine a seven or eight year old kid doing this now, but I used to listen to the radio all the time, and I watched MTV all the time, and I was just obsessed with music because I had already started my love of Kiss a few years earlier. So I remember hearing Crazy Train on the radio, and I was like, and just that intro. We'll get into it when we do the track by track, but so. And that's, this was also the era of record stores. And I would go with my mom or my dad and my sister. And we would go and look at the album covers, you know, the age of album covers. And I wanted to find out what album Crazy Train was on. And I saw Blizzard of Oz and I was like, oh, this might be cooler than anything I've ever seen from Kiss. Like this album cover is insane. And I remember growing up in a Catholic household, Catholic school, going to church every Sunday. My parents were like, there is zero chance that album is coming home with us. That album cover is not in the house. And that continued. I wanted Diary of a Madman. I wanted Speak of the Devil. All those albums I loved. So very, very vivid memories of the album cover, that era of Ozzy, Crazy Train. I did kind of drift away from the solo Ozzy career a lot after Diary of a Madman because then other bands started taking over and Ozzy kind of fell by the wayside and he changed his sound a little bit. But this and Diary are albums that I I
0: come to Come back to uh, often yeah for me It's the same old story as I told In our first introductory episode It's my crazy older cousin Mike once again I was At their house and he was Into Aussie and he played this And I remember we were little Kids and I, like like I think like Parents would probably have DCF show up their house The way <laughs> we were raised back then <laughs> So there were literally Me and my brother my Cousin Mike and his two brothers And my cousin Tony, my cousin George And then my other cousin George Um, Yes, I have four There are four cousins named George It's a (laughs) Greek thing (laughs) Um, So we would all hang out And we were all from, like, let's say I was, me and my cousin George Are the youngest at six There was five, seven of us And I think Mike was the oldest at 13 All of us together, same time Hanging out, playing hockey Fucking listening to music And we all got into this. And then around this time, the movie came out that this song, Crazy Train, sounds like it came from that album. That song came from that movie. Halloween was out. And it was like, listen to this. It sounds like Halloween. I was like, who the fuck is this crazy person? And it was Ozzy. And I remember little kid not knowing what Ozzy was. But I remember the kiss symbols, people writing on notebooks. And then Ozzy with the line through the O and stuff. And I remember Black Sabbath doing the cross with Black Sabbath and not knowing what these bands are in ACDC, but just writing them and knowing them. And then Ozzy was the guy that was like this album was the one that was um, imprinted in my brain back there, the image of this album. And then Diary of a Madman, same thing. But Crazy Train is really what got me into Blizzard of Oz before anything. And I just remembered hearing this, and then the Mister Crowley, and like, oh my God, it's about this devil guy. Like this, this was just, you know, dangerous and scary. But I had to listen to it, and I, so I was into Ozzy back then, back when they did when he did IRV All the way through, I remember when Bark of the Moon came on MTV. I was into him when he did Ultimate Sin. I went through. I mean, I've gone through everything. I kind of fell off. Over the past few years, I remember the Speak of the Devil album that came out. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. the videos with what's his name? <clears throat> Night Rangers guitarist in the videos. What's his face there? Uh, Gillis, Brad, Brad yeah, Gillis. Brad, Gill- Brad Gillis. And so I remember, oh, that's paranoid. Oh, that's an Aussie song. I thought it was Black Sabbath. And and things like that. And just remembering, holy shit, he had that the, the blue tattoo on his shoulder was kind of new. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's insane. And, you know, you heard the story, he bites heads off bats and fucking insane. if the kid that likes kiss is definitely going to like Ozzy. And I fell in love with the music and the songs. I didn't realize, you know, the brilliance of it until later on. But, yeah, I was into Ozzy right from the start. Not Black Sabbath, but Ozzy.
3: No, agreed. And I think Ozzy at that time and we were at that impressionable young age where at that time of like lyrics album covers the appearances of bands and nobody did it better than Ozzy at that time. Nobody between the, the, his, I mean, you talk about Kiss's album covers, but blizzard of Oz diary of a madman. And then that speak of the devil, the speak of the devil album cover with him yep. spitting out that red <laughs> shit, whatever the hell, you know, bio. Yeah. Whatever. Just, I mean, and, and then, and then the lyrics and just his persona and just the way he carried himself. And I mean, the guy was just iconic and just set the stage for you know so much more for that whole entire decade you know like, like i said earlier his you know his styles his musical styles changed my musical styles changed as more bands became developed as the 80s went along and that's when i kind of drifted off but like i said diary and blizzard were always and not to mention the album title itself blizzard of oz it just sounds crazy and then you look at that you put it together with that album cover and you're like i have to have this
1: yeah i think it's interesting alice cooper and ozzy they got something similar going on. Like you go see an Alice Cooper show or you hear about what Alice Cooper was or, you know, you, the very um, theatrical piece. He's a guy who golfs every day. Like the guy's <laughs> the nicest guy ever. Hasn't drank since nineteen eighties. Bro, you know, his father was in the church, blah, blah, blah. Ozzy's not a devil worshiper. I think he just loved that people connected to him. Well, I guess I'll go with it. It works. Nobody else is doing it really. Absolutely. Right? People already yeah. think it's on. I as well just keep doing it. Yep. Do you know what he was, though? A fucking drunk.
0: Yeah, I'd like to straighten out this funny little drinking problem like they got.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Everybody in Black Sabbath was. So that shit about they let him go because he got off the rails. Dude, they were all doing that stuff. So I, I just, that part of them letting Ozzy go. Now, was Ozzy more off the rails and they felt like they were more controllable? Possibly. But they spent a decade defining a genre. And then you cut loose your cinder, like that didn't do Sabbath any favors either.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that, though. But but it reminds me of when we talked about Def Leppard. Remember when we were talking about Pete Willis? They're all a bunch of drunks, except when it came to making money. You can't fuck that up by being a drunk.
3: And it's the exact same thing that happened with Metallica, with Dave Mustaine. But Metallica called themselves alcoholica. They were such a fucking mess. But Dave Mustaine was so bad that they couldn't even function. So you're right. Being a drunk can be tolerable until it affects like when you're you fucking face down and you can't even
0: perform. Yeah. Money making money. Of course. That yeah. Means yeah. studio time, you can't perform. Right. Or on the stage. Like fucking we can't do this. Crowd's gonna fucking hate, churn on us. Right. So we'll get into all that. But yeah. before we do, we
1: usually go to album cover. Let's yep. go, Sonny. You're up, buddy. Let's so go. this album cover. First of all, it's available on, have you ever seen those things called icons? Or I don't know if there's rock icons, like with a Z I have, they, they make, make kiss ones. Yep. Yeah. 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 They make these little statues thingies and they have one of this album cover it's and it looks really movie. good. And it's, it's really detailed, uh, you know, to just have, to hear the stories about that the band was supposed to be called a blizzard of Oz, but then to just have Ozzy on the cover, <laughs> right. I, I think everybody knew which way it was headed. I'm not sure everybody was communicated to which way it was headed, but this is for a kid getting into metal and wanting to be a rebel rebel and wanting to piss their parents off and become somewhat of a devil worshiper. This album is covered. It's got, I mean, the colors pop like there's, I don't know. There's something about this album cover. It makes me feel evil. Is that weird? Nope. It's exactly right.
3: It's, it's it's exactly right. And again, this album came out when I was seven. Okay. When I was seven, I was in the friggin' first grade at St. Joseph's school in Medford. And at that time, the only place I ever saw a cross was in the church or in the classroom. So that you look at Blizzard of Oz and there's a guy in this foggy attic of a, which looks like maybe like the bell tower of a church or whatever. And he's holding a cross not the way you would normally see a cross being held. And then there's the skull, the fog, the cat. Like, it's just, it. it's just, it's just as an impressionable young kid that didn't know what the hell they were looking at. You were like, I'm scared of this. Like this, this, this could be, this could, this album could be trouble. I have to have it. <laughs> and it's yeah. just, it, it's just amazing. Zeus.
0: What I, what it reminds me is old England, Victorian horror stories and stuff. Hammer and- films. Hammer films, yeah. with, with So like, the the old Universal. So what you're supposed to see? It's not slasher, but yep. you see those movies, and you would see like the staircase, and the fog, and the big ancient castles and stuff. That's what this image is. It's old English Victorian. He's holding the cross as though he's about to stab a vampire. There's a cat. You're right. The spooky, you know, fog and the cape, and it's just like what the. F- fuck is that i I don't know to me it stands out even just the lettering i love how his name is the you know the markings right on the top right and then blizzard of oz oh it's just
1: i think it was brilliant and And i'm not sure if it's lucky or not but imagine the lettering being blue and he's wearing a blue cape or it's all black like there's something about the red that makes you feel like blood is involved, but there's no blood there, right? Mm-hmm. Is that lucky? I don't know. But I don't know. you're, but you're I right. can the- imagine this thing being pink. Yeah, because
3: there's there's really no other colors on the cover. I mean, you have like the brown of the floor, um, but his cape and, 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 you know, people talk about how iconic the Kiss font is, which it is, but the font that's used here with Ozzy Osbourne and even the way Ozzy is written with, it's red, but then it has like that silver, g- g- like, you know kind of glittering glowing like like 3d effect i mean it, it's it's just unbelievable it's it, it's just it's it's amazing and like zoo said you know aussie is obviously from great britain and you know we talk we talk about those old films you know like the the hammer horror films you know the vincent price the christopher lee those like with the, like he said the gothic castles in that aura we'll get into it because there's a song on this album that really brings that imagery to life but yeah it's just a classic classic album cover
0: yeah, and then you got, you know, different pictures of the band inside. You had Ozzy in, in his fucking, I don't know what outfit that was. He's He does videos. There are old videos of him playing with the band with the fucking, what do you call it, shirts fringe, with the, the fringe, fringe hanging yeah. off of it. And oh, yeah, Hands up in the air, uh, lyrics and stuff. So I have two different CD versions. I didn't realize when I got one of the CD versions that it's the remastered one Yeah that whatever. one with the
1: small little thumbnail cover that's the remaster one is that one you have there Is the, the one with like the, Yeah
0: so this one yeah, I, I believe remastered. yeah Yeah but it doesn't have this isn't the one with the new artist on it no. No. This is the real one This one has the fake people on it yeah. We'll get into that, that too yep Yeah yep. and um so each album is different the CDs different Uh, The images are a little bit different, but the front cover just is insanity. And, uh, you know, there's every every album CD has the newer versions, have notes and comments from certain writers and stuff about the album. But, you know, it's all interesting stuff.
1: So back cover like the drummer always gets screwed. Like unless it's a picture (laughs) of them hand in hand at the end of the show, like about to bow, the drummer always gets screwed. You can't see him at all on the back cover. yeah that's that's a shame
3: yeah Yeah. i mean you see you see ozzy's got his arms up with the fringe but even even the rest of the band i mean you can't see the drummer at all but even the rest of the band is like i mean you can you can kind of see you you can kind of see randy and and his guitar but everybody else is just kind of like faded out a little bit even the lights but it's it's still cool it's like a live shot still cool
0: Yeah. So let's get into how this basically came about um, I think what we should do is just give some of the facts of the album And then we'll get into the backstory Okay. Yeah. So the album was released September 20th, 1980 in the UK In the States, March 27th, 1981 Rolling Stone has it number 9 of their top 100 metal albums, but it's Rolling Stone, so who gives a fuck about them?
3: I, um, I actually have I actually have the remaining eight. If you want to hear the list, with oh that, yeah, with the, I do. With that, so okay, so let me just jump in right here, Zoo. So the ninth greatest metal album by Rolling Stone, number eight, Peace Cells by Megadeth. Number seven, <laughs> number number seven, No Remorse, Motorhead.
4: <laughs>
3: number six, Rain and Blood, Slayer. <laughs> Number five, self-titled Black Sabbath. Eh. Number four, Number of the Beast. There you eh. go. Eh. Number th- number three, British Steel. Eh.
0: Okay, I understand.
3: Number number two, Master of Puppets. There you go. Now, now we're and, eh. and number one, <laughs> and, and number one, Paranoid, Black Sabbath. That's
1: that horrible.
3: <laughs> yeah, the the, the, the list Whoa. is a little. Uh, I'll give him credit for for you know. Uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Judas Priest, and, and Metallica. I feel like they're giving Paranoid that just because it's Black Sabbath. But sweater? back to you, Zeus. I thought, just I ha- have, blood,
0: I
1: sweater.
0: have, I have, I have, this multiple- is really metal. They're not fucking around with hard rock. That's no, why. no. And uh, I also, Zeus, you continue. I
3: also have other stats and rankings too, but continue what you were saying. I just wanted to jump in there while you covered that.
0: It made it to number 21 on the U.S. charts. It's now five times platinum. I can't believe that's it. I know, and- really. So originally they had some guy named Chris Sangarides, a fellow Grecian, and then they booted him across the barn and ends up with Max Norman, uncredited, who was the studio engineer and end up producing the rest of Ozzy's albums up into, I think ultimate sin. And I think Ron Nevison took over then. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Ozzy, uh, the drummer, Chris Lackey, uh, Bob Daisley, and Randy Rhodes are credited as the producers on this. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom, you want to finish off some stuff? Yeah, so, uh, and, and just to kind of back up just a little bit, so this all
3: started on April, Ozzy was booted from Black Sabbath on April 27th, 1979, after what the band claims to have made various attempts to get him back on the team. Tony Iommi is quoted as saying, we just couldn't continue with him as much as everyone wanted us to, we couldn't nothing was happening it would have meant the end of the band we didn't want to fire him but we had to if we wanted to continue so that led to this and you know zeus talked about some of the production as well and and the the makeup of the band is is interesting too because gary moore was almost going to be the guitarist instead of randy rhodes and at the time gary moore wasn't quote unquote interested so ozzy's friend dana strum recommended randy rhodes to him and Thank God for that. Not that Gary Moore isn't fantastic, but Ozzy also wanted Tommy Aldridge as his drummer. Tommy Aldridge was quote unquote busy. Uh, He eventually did become the drummer later. um, And he also did drumming with Gary Moore. So once again, a lot of these bands kind of have that family, those kind of family values, you know, everybody likes each other. Everybody plays together. Um, And, uh, you know, Zeus talked about how this album was the ninth greatest metal album by Rolling Stone, It's also regarded as the 13th greatest guitar album by Guitar World. And I'll quickly go down that list because we love lists. Number 12, Injustice for All. Number 11, Cowboys from Hell. Number 10, Revolver by The Beatles. Number 9, Physical Graffiti. Number 8, Nevermind. Nevermind is ranked higher than Physical Graffiti. Let me, that's, okay. Number 7, Van Halen debut. Number 6, Paranoid. Number 5, Dark Side of the Moon. Number four, Master of Puppets. Number three, Are You Experienced? Number two, Appetite for Destruction. Number one, Led Zeppelin IV. So a couple rankings there shows you the regard that this album is held in. And that, to me, is thanks to Randy Rhodes, who at the time in 1980-81, other than Eddie Van Halen, you didn't really see this kind of guitar playing in, in not metal music but like hard rock music it was unusual and i love it we're gonna get into it a little bit more we do the track by track but that's a
1: little bit more background about the album sunny yeah first let's talk about dana strom like (laughs) how's he involved in fucking everything like he discovered fire like he wrote rock and roll all night like he's actually (laughs) gonna run for president like who who is this dude
3: like what but I read that When I read that, I was a little bit surprised, too. I'm, I'm like, Jesus, like, you're right. He's got his hands. He's got his fingers and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I got a conspiracy theory on this whole why they let Ozzy go. Okay, okay. so follow me here. Tony and Geezer Butler knew Ozzy in high school. They never liked the guy. Okay? When they're looking for a singer, homie, Ozzy's got a PA. PA's expensive. So they go get a singer that comes along with a PA. Okay, fine. <laughs> let me jump
0: it, on that, though. Yeah. The story was that they saw an ad for somebody and the guy's name was Ozzy in the ad. They're like, it can't be that asshole we know from high school. He's a fucking loser. It yeah. can't be him. And they're like, holy shit, yeah. it is him. Yeah.
1: So like I said, they spent 10 years defining this genre. But I think what ends up happening is that never say die tour in 79. Van Halen's opening for them. And I think Tony and geezer in the back going, Oh my God. If we want to take it to the next level, we cannot do it with this dumbass. Like we are <laughs> going to have to change what's going on. Cause he can't do anything besides what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he will take us down with him if we don't change. And I think that probably is the biggest mistake black Sabbath ever made was have somebody like Van Halen open for you. That is a bad idea. And, uh, they were probably trying to get new fans. Possibly. But uh, not a great idea But Zeus you're shaking your head You believe in the same conspiracy theory Yeah
0: there's a couple things about that too So the last album uh, they did Was Never Say Die Which didn't sell much They go on tour with Van Halen Van Halen is blowing their Fucking ass off the stage Kicking them all over the place They look like shit Not only are they like We can't fucking do this You look at their fucking lead singers the blonde, good-looking, gorgeous fucking David Lee Roth doing spin classes in the middle of a concert. And then there's Ozzy with his members-only jacket just bobbing his fucking head, standing still. Barely can fucking mouth the words because he's such a drunk. However, not only does Black Sabbath see the lighting, I think Sharon Osbourne, Sharon a- Alden back then, yep. and Ozzy see the thing when they look over and they see Eddie Van Halen stealing everything this good-looking, young, flashy fucking guitarist. And I'll get into that, but I think that's why fucking Randy Rhodes, all of a sudden, they're like, who the fuck is this guy? So the story was that Dana sends him over. There's different... Everything about Ozzy and this band is conflicting things, because number one, Randy's dead. Uh, Bob Daisley, I, I, I tend to believe him, although there's a couple... Things that he said over the years that are Kind of contradictory But uh, Ozzy doesn't remember Fucking half his stories they're always All over the fucking place
3: well when you and, get Wet brain the way he does the fucking uh, guys yeah. Lucky he can stand upright right
0: now but In addition to that there's Monetary reasons for them to keep it the way They are and about credit and things Like that mm-hmm. so it's Hard to figure it out but supposedly When he was looking For a band he got kicked out He's down at his bottom his, uh, Sharon Osbourne's father was the manager So they're still kind of managing Ozzy on his own um, And Sharon believes in him So they start auditioning people when he's in LA or whatever he was in And they send over Randy And supposedly the story goes that Randy plugs in And starts fucking warming up And then Ozzy's like, what the fuck is that? And he's supposedly he's like Either that's the greatest fucking musician I've ever heard Or I'm fucking whacked out of my mind And he's like, okay, you got the gig, I'll see you And and apparently he's like, I ain't even fucking played yet for you He was that good Then he goes back to fucking England And he's still talking about getting a band together Forgetting that he already offered Randy Rhodes the job And then eventually they're like you know, he gets uh, Bob and David, go. Oh, I met some young bloke, you know, in uh, America. So he sends Randy to come over to America with him, but he doesn't know he doesn't have, like, traveling papers to work in England, so they fucking ship Randy Rhodes back customs after he spends a night in jail, ships him back to the U.S. And then they finally, Ozzy apologizes and sends him back over there. So Ozzy finds Bob Daisley, who was in Uriah Heap, who was in uh, Rainbow, mm-hmm. and then also they get. Uh, I think his name is pronounced Lee Kerslake, right? Or Kers- Kerslake? Yeah.
3: Yep, Kerslake.
0: Okay. Yep. And uh, he's the drummer who also was in Uriah Heap. And these four guys never played before. Got thrown together, and somehow came up with this. We talked about it with Bon Jovi, where quickly come up with a band and how they found the magic. Same here. And you know, the four of them took off. And they were supposed to be called, as you kind of hinted at it earlier, Blizzard of Oz. That was the name of the band. Ozzy was in a band. He was going to create a new band. The other guys didn't want to be a backing band. They shouldn't be a backing band for somebody. They wanted to be a band featured themselves. And as they performed and got ready, the story goes (laughs) that basically, I don't know if it was Ozzy, but... Sharon changed it and changed the cover and made it seem like it was Ozzy Osbourne and the album was Blizzard of Oz, not Blizzard of Oz, you know, featuring Ozzy Osbourne from Black Sabbath. And the band was like, what the fuck is this shit? But in the end, they just put up with it.
3: Yeah, apparently Randy Rhodes was the one that was most most upset about that like you said. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not I'm not backing. I'm not we're, we're in a band. We're not. I'm not I'm not the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. I'm in I'm the guitarist for the band Blizzard of Oz." And you're right. There's no fucking way that I mean that that just sounds like an urban legend. Oh, it was supposed to be Blizzard of Oz, but the font was bigger, so we <laughs> called it that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, and he's but, the only one on the cover too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny too because Ozzy was. Ozzy said too about kind of getting fucking bounced from Black from Black Sabbath. He's like, I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel betrayed by what happened. We were four, and this is funny. Kind of talking about what you guys said about how they hated. You know, they weren't fans of Ozzy growing up. Ozzy says we were four blokes who'd grown up together, a few streets apart. We were like family, like brothers. And firing me for being fucked up was hypocritical bullshit. We were all fucked up. If you're stoned and I'm stoned, and you're telling me that I'm fired because I'm stoned, how can that be? because i'm more stoned <laughs> so but you're right all of the, everything that happened i think it was convenient you know it, it kind of reminds me of like a little bit of the kiss story where okay yeah they had to get rid of ace but it was also probably time to turn the page with the sound that they wanted to make and you're right like sunny said it was it was probably time to let Ozzy go but it was also time for Black Sabbath to change their, their sound. And, and when they did, when they brought Dio in and they did, you know, Heaven and Hell and they did all that stuff there. I mean, but, you know, to put this band together and to put this album together is just fucking phenomenal what it turned out to be. Yeah.
1: That whole family thing is interesting because even later on when Black Sabbath is doing their final tour, yep. you know, Bill Ward was supposed to be involved, but they didn't want to give him a quarter of the money. And Ward's like, why wouldn't I get quarter of the money? I'm a quarter of Black Sabbath. Well, nobody, you know, you're not a name. Right? Uh, imagine you, imagine you, that. It doesn't matter who the drummer is. Right, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. So all of a sudden, family doesn't matter then.
0: And do you like how later on Ozzy apologize? It's always Sharon doing shit. and yeah, it gets right. to His attention, he's like. Well, it's not me. Yeah, it's like eventually you're an enabler, buddy. You let your wife do this shit And I don't know, we could do a top 10 Shitty things that Sharon Osbourne's done Amongst them is the contracts With the band and how Mm. You know, who performed and who got credit And all sorts of crazy Shit on this But you're absolutely right you know. And supposedly, let's get to the album title It's supposed to be a wink wink About Ozzy's coke addiction And coke habit Blizzard of Oz Yeah, I mean, and whether or not that's true or not, I mean,
3: it, it's it's a kick-ass fucking album title. Um, you know, I mean, he makes a couple references in some of the songs, you know, you know, won't you ride my white horse, you know, and Mr. Crowley, and we'll get into that. So obviously drugs are, drugs, and drinking are part of the whole thing. But do we want to talk a little bit about, before we get into the tracks and stuff, about kind of the debacle that happened with the reissue, with the, uh, with the re-recording of the bass and drums as well? Why don't we do it now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the album was 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 re released um, controversially by by I remember when this happened I, I can't believe it was 2002 because I remember this mm-hmm. with the, the original bass and drum tracks of the album were replaced with newly recorded parts by Robert Trujillo from Metallica and Mike Borden from Faith No More and it was because that there were royalty issues with a lawsuit between Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake. And people fucking lost their goddamn
0: minds when that came out. All right, now I'm very angry here. Because it's the biggest fucking dick move. Exactly. And you owe me money. Yeah. You owe me money. I played on this. You can't keep the royalties from me. Oh, yeah? Watch what we're going to fucking do to you fucking assholes. Fuck you. Let's and then record of course- the album and sell it, and we'll take out their parts so they don't get shit.
3: Yeah, and then yeah, of course there's a controversy b- b- about who's behind that. Is it, is it Sharon Yoko Ono Osborne <laughs> or, or was it, or was it Ozzy?
1: I don't know. Sonny. Yeah. And you know, this, this move later on, like today it's happening now where bands will go in seven to 10 years after they release something, re-record it so they can get out of the shitty deal they had with the record company and they can still sell the new song to a movie and rake the benefits. Cause they got to make money somehow. Right. right. But, You know this whole thing about like who wrote the songs. There's there's rumors. Honestly, doesn't even play an instrument. How the hell is he writing songs? There's not
0: rumors. It's true. (laughs) He doesn't know any music. He had no. I mean, I've listened for this episode. I I knew enough about Ozzy, but I listened. I researched. I watched videos. I saw interviews. I've read everything. Ozzy doesn't play fucking music. What he does do is he can sing. Very underrated singer. And he knows how to hum melodies and he scats melodies and he can do some of that. He didn't come up with shit. <laughs> Bob Daisley should be considered like the fucking one of the great rock minds of all time because all this shit is his and Randy Rhodes. The tool Ozzy oh, yeah, Randy yeah. had the fucking music and the riffs. Bob had some other shit to come in and he wrote the music around it. And he gave it to Ozzy. Hey, sing this. And Ozzy knew how to sing melodies and things like that. And he did a great job with it. But he didn't write any of this. Fucking, they all laugh about it. Yeah, Ozzy wrote Mister Crowley. So yeah, the funny Ozzie, story about that. Let me just finish one thing: is I heard I was um, you sent me over the album Clash Jericho's uh, Diary of a Madman versus he did album Clash Diary of a Madman versus um, Blizzard of Oz, and he tells the story how he talked with Zach Wild, and he goes Ozzy goes into Zach Wild's place or something and sees a poster of Hendrix. And Alistair Crowley on the wall. And he's like, whoa, I see you got Hendrix. Who's the other bloke? Yeah. He's like, that's <laughs> Alistair Crowley. He's like, oh, that's what he looks like. Like, you fucking <laughs> have no idea. And Ozzy's, so, and Aussie's,
3: and Aussie's, like you said, he's got no background in anything. He can't no. play an instrument. He has no music theory or background no. or education. He's a guy who just landed at the right spot at
0: the right time and had a unique rock and heavy metal voice. So in other words, he's like Peter Chris, but without the drum, pre, without the drumming up to 79. Yeah, and <laughs> now, you said it.
1: <laughs> now, if you're going to use the marketing techniques, which makes sense to me because Ozzy was the name, right? It's like, okay, look, you're going to be a part of this band. We're going to name it Ozzy Osbourne because otherwise they're not going to sell two nickels, right? Because everybody knows Ozzy. And guys, I got to be honest with you. Ozzy is taking half of the publishing of anything you write. I just want to let you know that right out of the gate. Because you couldn't sell it. Because if this says Daisley of Oz, nobody gives a shit, right? <laughs> so, or Oz Daisley, or ooh, I'm Bob Daisley, or whatever, right? Blizzard so. of Curse Lake, yeah. Osborne Daisley and Rhodes, <laughs> yeah. Like so, just be roads. honest about it and put it in the contract right out of the gate. And when people ask you about it, be honest about it because you are the name. Who cares? Yeah. And 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 then after all the after all the hullabaloo, 2011,
3: it was it was re-released with all the original tracking in there um and they did like this anniversary this 30th anniversary deluxe edition that included both blizzard of oz and diary of a madman because they pretty much came out at the same time back in back when, ba- back, back when bands were releasing albums right around there i mean just as a side note because i'm a vinyl geek and i know sunny is a little bit too i went on ebay to try to take a look at that thing holy fuck did i what a missed opportunity that what a collector's item that thing is now unbelievable but yeah i mean it just 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 real quick to sum it up. I mean, just to, to where Ozzy was when he got booted from Black Sabbath and where he landed with this with Randy Rhodes,
0: is it's just it's it's a fucking amazing story. I was saying there's the videos, there's a couple great, great YouTube clips So you can see of Ozzy playing with Randy. It's Rudy Sarzo now and Tommy Aldrich yep. playing a few of his songs. I don't know, Mr. Crowley. And uh Crazy Train. That those live footage of that is insane. Mm-hmm. At one point when they play Mister Crowley towards the end, watch the video. Ozzy looks over and he's like fucking, like he's Ozzy, the Prince of Darkness, he's got the biggest smile on his face. Yes, it's it's when the band is rocking out at the end that outro where Randy's just going insane, and it's almost like he's like fucking take that, fuck you, blacks. Sabbath. Like look at what I got. I'm he's like I'm. Look at the riches I fucking landed. Look at this band. Like, that has nothing to do with them. Like, you could just leave for the rest of the night and let that band go. Uh, you're not doing shit. And he's just smiling and being like, holy fuck, my band kicks ass. And, yeah, he landed in it. And I I know she sucks, but you got to hand it. She's the woman Gene Simmons. Chad Absolutely. Yep. Ruthless, but fucking genius. When it comes to music she took Ozzy made his name got him out Of despair he was like fucking Probably on a death wish Suicidal fucking nothing She got him up he was Still married at the time she was His friend originally and manager And got him back And put this help him put this band and this album together and Look where he is now Just- I've seen I've seen that video that you're
3: Referring to you're right Ozzy for a minute He becomes like a fanboy He's like he's like, holy! F- look at th- look at this! Bi- this is my band. These guys are fucking kicking ass right now. And you're right. And I was joking when I made when I called Sharon Osbourne Yoko Ono just because <laughs> just because her hands are in the thing. But you're right. Without without you know Yoko Ono destroyed the Beatles, but Sharon Osbourne made Ozzy. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and and you do and, and you do. You have to acknowledge her as a key a key element in Ozzy's career as well.
0: Sonny. So,
1: yeah, I. Uh this doesn't happen without Sharon. Right. That, uh, there had to be times in the early eighties that Tony and geezer are sitting on the couch going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that's all you can do is like, Oh my God, where did they get this guitar player? Who the hell is this? You know, but do you, and, but do you, yeah. do you think though, when
3: you look, when you look at some of these songs on blizzard of Oz and you look at the type of songs that they are, they're hard rock borderline metal with a lot of melody to them. Okay. And we'll get into the details when we do track by track. I don't know if black Sabbath could have made this album. No way. Right. No and some
1: that's, way. Some of it.
0: Right. I I, I no don't way. think they could maybe have done a lot themes. of it. maybe the
1: themes, but the like songs, the
0: Mr. Crowley and shit like that. Know. Like maybe. we'll talk
1: about it, but like suicide, it's basically a black Sabbath song. Like there's some, um, there's some. And the thing too, about
3: this album too, with blizzard of Oz and you know kind of for the people out there that play guitar like like blizzard of oz I, I i if i recall correctly the entire album is in is standard tuning with with randy which is unusual for a hard rock metal album most of the time the the guitars are tuned down a step or a half step or even all the way down to the to what they refer to as like drop d tuning which is what a lot of what tony Iommi and sabbath did which is why it sounded so heavy and like you know miserable there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff on this album, and be- because of that standard tuning, it gives you almost like a, a very melodic, hard rock, sometimes pop sensibility, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But So I wonder if, if Tony Iommi, of course, the guy could have done anything, but you wonder if Black Sabbath could have made this record. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they could have, but it just wouldn't have sounded like a Sabbath record.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on, depends on who's bringing it because yeah. Randy had zero flexibility in Quiet Riot. And Ozzy had no flexibility in black Sabbath. So maybe it's in them to suggest it and possibly try it. But the problem is that the situation they're in, nobody's listening anyway. So what's the difference? I got to get the hell away from this. But what's interesting is in the end, you know, you fast forward. And if, if, uh, Randy lives, Randy was already mumbling about leaving before he died because he thought Ozzy was too dark. Good Lord. What did you think black Sabbath was? You know what I mean? So, I think Ozzy was trying to hold on a little bit to the Black Sabbath thing too. And I think, um, Randy was feeling that a little bit. Like if I want to go a little bit classical route and maybe Randy ends up being a more, uh, less technical Yngwie Malmstein into the mid eighties to late eighties, possibly. I'm not sure he goes along with Ozzy doing that. You mean like a good musician? Like I can Uh, listen to their songs. Yngwie has some good shit, dude.
3: Yeah, but you're right though. They they both they yeah. both come they both come from that 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 heavy metal hard rock. But but you can tell and there's a lot of songs here where Randy. It's obviously not as obnoxious as Ingvae, but uh, there's a lot yeah. of that. There's a lot of that classical that classical tonality in that style. I'm a, I'm an Ingvae fan. I have to be in the right mood for him, but but yeah, I see what you're saying, Zeus. Ingvae
0: is like listening to Mark Slaughter nonstop for like three <laughs> hours. That's what it is. You listen to it in pieces. You're like, wow, this guy's fucking insane. Exactly. And then after a while, you're like, holy fucking shit. Turn that off. It's (laughs) fucking killing me. But I will say this. Okay. I think it's really the it's a band effort. Bob Daisley took this fucking character, Ozzy, and was like the greatest fucking ghostwriter in in all of music. He's like, I'm going to pretend I'm this character named Ozzy Osbourne and write this Unbelievable music with great themes, great lyrics. And I'm going to work with this insanely talented young stud who Ozzy did say to him, just do it. Do what you want. Ozzy gave him free reign to play what he wanted. Whereas in Quiet Riot, Randy Rhodes was kind of boxed into that sound, that LA kind of melodic rock sound. This is metal. This is not rock to me. This is metal. And to me, and we'll get into it when we get into specific tracks. This is a whole new style of of, of metal guitar. Totally, I, he's not Van Halen. Eddie, I feel, is more rock. This is metal, more metal. Eddie has some of that Clapton. It was always Eddie's hero, and a little blues and rock and melodic stuff. Versus Randy, who is like uh, you know a combo of Eddie Van Halen. Thrown in with Richie Blackmore, that classical trained guitarist. It, there's been no. I don't think for me, I, there's nothing. There's like when this album came out, metal guitarists changed. Everything changed. Van Halen had that effect, and this had that effect. There's imitators. There's guitarists like Hendrix. There's guitarists like Clapton. There's Jimmy Page is Eddie Van Halen. There's Randy Rhodes. Different styles, different heroes. I may have my favorite. You may have your favorite. I don't know if you can say one's better than the other. It's just what do you like? what What kind of music do you like? For me, and this will tell you where we're gonna go on this album, the best favorite, greatest, you name it, adjective, guitar album I've ever heard in my life and favorite. Nothing is better than this. The talent on this is fucking off the charts. He's just out of this world. And from what I understand, because I'm not a musician, technically, Diary of a Madman is even greater. But to my ears, this is more melodic, and this stands out. It is just fucking off the charts. I don't know if you guys want to add to that, or we get right into the tracks.
3: I'll jump in on that, because I was going to kind of save that for the end, too, just from a personal standpoint. So this might not be my favorite album of all time it, it it's it's a it's a highly regarded album that i listen to often i did you know, preface
0: I, it tom i say guitar
3: yep yep but what i was going to say is for me personally my two favorite guitarists of all time are ace and slash it's, i like that style but in terms of sonically speaking this album to me has the greatest guitar sound the greatest crunch the greatest distortion, whatever Randy Rhodes is using, whatever he plugged into and whatever amp he was using, whatever distortion he was using, it to me is the greatest. It, it's, it's exactly what I want from a hard rock, heavy metal, electric guitar sound. And what he does on this album, like Zeus said, there are some songs on here that I'm like, oh, yeah, the, the song is pretty good but I'm listening to it because I want to hear Randy Rhodes continue to play on it. And that's the kind of album that this is. And you're right. It's, I think the reason why I like this album a little bit more than diary is the reason why I like slash and ace. I would never call Randy a sloppy guitar player, but this album is not as polished and technically put together as diary. So it has kind of, for me, the best of both worlds. It has Randy's technical prowess with a little bit of that, ace and slash at some point so to me it's, it's more just
0: song oriented
3: yeah yeah it's just a, it's just it's an amazing album Sonny.
1: my favorite guitar players are from the hendrix and eddie van halen cut like okay. I, i'm a vi fan i'm a yep. Court fan if it's not for randy i never listen to this album again Ozzy is okay as a vocalist But you want to talk about Mark Slaughter getting to you Dude, <laughs> Ozzy can get to you fucking bad And fuck quick If it wasn't for how lucky This son of a bitch is Of the some of the guitar players he's had I'm not even sure I ever listened to Ozzy <laughs>
0: I'll tell you I, something, something I want to jump on that Because <laughs> I've always said that Ozzy sounds like he's whining In yeah. every song Think of No More Tears yeah. You know the song I can't listen to that song. I can't listen to that heart
1: playing. Oh my
0: god. I I, I wanna fucking stab him on that. But the bassline guitar is insane on that song.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's so whiny. And that's why I almost like black label better, but Zach's not much better of a sitter. He can get (laughs) annoying too. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) Right? So if it's not for Randy. I wouldn't have even listen to this album the whole way through doing this episode to be honest with you cuz I uh, on uh, Ozzy Shame. going quick
3: Shame. Ozzy It's funny gave. it's funny Sonny. I I I am you you may have hit on something that maybe I didn't even really notice cuz I said after Blizzard and Diary I kind of drifted away from Ozzy. well maybe the connecting tissue there with that is that Randy was gone and you're right there are some uh, the, Ozzy is not a great singer. I'm not a huge fan of him on this album. He can pull it off with certain stuff, but like Zeus said, no more tears. I'd rather have you,
1: I, I, I can't like <laughs> scorpions or no more tears. Love it. First thing or no more tears. Oh God, man. that's a. That, <laughs> we'll cover that in a, at a different time, but you're right.
3: Ozzy was just, it, it, it's, he, he was just gifted to be in this band and, and
0: Randy carries these albums. He does have an, a a great vocal melody. He's got a way to pick up a song. His voice, he, he can keep that voice yeah. he's had it for like wow, I 50, 60 years. He does do it. it just you know, it can get on you after a while. But I will I will take a different uh um step on this. Jakey Lee helped Ozzy in the other two years because Jakey Lee oh, yeah. Bob Daisley was still there. He came back to do they like, talk about like the the uh, no offense but the, the battered wife syndrome Keeps fucking coming back To dealing with Ozzy and Sharon Daisley come back And there's some great songs On Bark at the Moon and Ultimate Sin mm-hmm. I love them, and it's Jakey Lee And like he said, Jake can come in And has, is an unbelievable guitarist too And yep. he's just got lucky with that stuff And he found his niche It's Ozzy, the Prince of Darkness image And a fucking insanely talented Young, hot guitarist and that's and that's the thing. And he'll do something crazy in image, and everyone loves Ozzy. How can you mean, not love him? You mean like how David
3: Lee Roth got lucky jumping into Van Halen? <laughs> yeah, but David Lee
0: Roth, I know, I know, wasn't, I know. Uh, at least could uh, could fucking perform. Was right. an entertainer. Was the fucking good looking, long blonde haired fucking
1: acrobat. You know, right, right, true. Ozzy, you have a problem with a V neck. Ruffled or the the, or the <laughs> what the tassels a with the Aussie yeah. with the Aussie yeah. written on his
0: as you can hear in the opening thing yeah that's him with the members only jacket
3: <laughs>
1: yeah if you're wearing a shirt that has
3: your own name <laughs> in studs across the front of it like in some of those videos that we see
0: ugh. yeah that Aunt Sally made in the back room with a fucking stitching in her her yep. knits yep. yeah exactly that's about it no yep. but. Anyway, we could do this for days. Let's get into the tracks. Let's do it. Um, Let's open up with this one.
1: I don't know. I love the breakdown. I think it creates this dynamic, which I think is really cool. You know, the overall production, this whole album, like for 1980s, pretty good because that guitar tone is unbelievably crunchy, good. Like if they were trying to sh- say to, to Tony Iommi, "Who the fuck are you?" Out of the first song, man, did they do it? Because there's no doubt. And you know, kind of talked about it. Ozzy hit the jackpot with Randy, luckiest guy in the world. He's had this great career with these incredible guitars. He's going to outlive the cockroaches. Even Corona's not going to get them. Like the guys, I, I don't know how lucky you can be, but this, I, I don't know if you could pick a more perfect first solo first album song with the incredible guitar riff. I don't know if you could do it any better yeah it, it,
3: it's it's one of the all-time great opening tracks on a on a metal album and it's funny too because you've heard the song so many times but whenever we do these album reviews you know you you kind of listen to it a, a differently you know you put your earbuds in you go for a run or whatever you're doing and you forget about kind of like that little that that those little effects you know the first 10 seconds of the song you're like oh how, how come the song's not playing you hear that when you have the your your headphones on you hear that and then all of a sudden And I've said it before, it seems like every album that we do in these bonus episodes has one. Randy Rhodes just introduces you to this album with that pick slide, the gong, and then a riff that just breaks your friggin' ribs apart and it just doesn't let you go. And then you have that little breakdown, like Sonny said, that little that little bass, you know, the little breakdown. And then it picks back up. And one of the coolest things I love about like the, the 80s is when is when the lead singer Kind of like introduces or like cheers on the guitar solo. So all of a sudden you hear Ozzy oh, he go. He just he's he's you know you hear everything and he goes go
0: go and and then all of a sudden Randy just takes over and it's like oh this fucking song is insane. What a way to start an album. Tommy took the words out of my head uh, mouth. Um, so first I must state this fact and <laughs> credited on this album. All songs written by Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes, and Bob Daisley. That's who's credited on this album, yep. except for "No Bone Movies." Has the drummer Lee Kerslake on this on that song? Everything else is that's who's credited. Story goes everything's written by Bob Daisley, basically. Okay. So I don't want to keep repeating that every time. But usually I would tell who writes the song when it came to me. I don't know. You both hit the nails on the head, a bunch of great parts. What you guys said the pick slide, the guitar style. But the big thing for me is the gong. And then boom, they hit you. They come in with this. You're at exactly right. Right then and there, like it's almost like a big middle finger to Black Sabbath. Fuck you. Look at this. Yep. They must have put this on. It's like, okay, let's hear the new album. And like, oh <laughs> shit. Yep. Right? It's yep. almost like uh, they're famous stories of this. Like like uh, NWA all of a sudden listen to Ice Cube's first shit when he comes out. And like, like oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, I think the wrong guy left. And so I can't say enough about this. Um, to break down the middle It's just Randy is just insane. The the just the finger picking on the solo, the speed, and it's one thing to say. And this is you got to say this about certain guitarists. You have to be a certain talented guitarist to be able to play. Just be the only guitarist in the band to be able Mm -hmm. to play your rhythm and a lead guitarist Eddie Van Halen can do it. George Lynch can do it. Randy Rhodes can do it. Jimi Hendrix can do it. Not everybody can do that. This guy can do it And then when you hear the live version of this Do you feel like there's anything like a skip You know when you hear other people play And they play it live you're like you're missing a whole section of the song Yeah oh, the, When the solo comes on it's like it's not the same Yeah because he's playing two different parts But on the solo he can only do one part Randy doesn't miss a beat And that whole part Small simple things in a, in, a, in an album that you forget why you like this album. You're absolutely right, Sonny. You mentioned that point. Like, why do I like this? And like little things that you don't think much of, you talked about it on Bon Jovi. Same thing here. The whole thing, Tom, that you just said, when he's just like, go, go, go. And it's like, it's almost like fucking handing it off. Like like you're watching a football game and you're fucking handing off to Barry and you're like, go, Barry Sanders, go, go, go. <laughs> yep. and you're like, fucking look at this guy go. And it's just... Insane and then it comes Back first of all you gotta also Say the lyrics are fantastic You know yep. They're fantastic and you know Right then and there Tony Iommi the band is like There's no fucking way He wrote this fucking song
4: <laughs>
3: That's like, what, that, what That's it. Pay to do this that's a good point. A, a lot of these songs are all well written. The lyrics are all like like there's no kiss lyrics on this album. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. People who look to me and say, Why do you got your rockin' in your pocket? <laughs> right. Yeah, there's none of that. There's no there's no suck
3: me fuck me songs <laughs> on an Aussie album. Not that there no. ever would be, but uh, but-
1: there should have been later, but we'll get to that later. Oh boy, because oh, I got just- a big problem with the lyrical content of one of the songs. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> I know which one, but I just think
0: off the t- and and you'll find this a lot. I, I can't say enough about this. So if we we don't do like numbers for album for songs, we don't say oh well, I give this a seven or eight, and I can't tell you how many of these songs I'd probably give like a nine or ten. Yep. This one is off the fucking charts. Incredible opening, maybe one of the best. And if it ever gets overshadowed, it's only overshadowed because what else is on this album? The other thing is he opens a lot of his concerts with this, right? Mm-hmm. And this has been in his set list ever since he since and day released. one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. yeah. So let's go to uh the Patriots um in Gillette Stadium, Tom. <laughs> yep. And hear the next song. All about! <laughs>
1: Okay. So like you mentioned, iconic in sports, there's no doubt. And this was my wake up alarm for years. And finally, Nicole's like, look, you got to get that alarm off. Cause it was like, <laughs> every time the alarm would go off, she would think like the house is getting robbed or something. <laughs> she, like, <laughs> so I had to cut that shit out. Um, you know, the pick slide that Tommy loves. There's no doubt that's there. Something Zeus said earlier. So, the one guitarist, he's playing the and even on tribute you can hear it. He's playing the riff, then he puts his little guitar fill in right back to the riff. Like that. His dad being a music teacher, I think kind of told him that it's rhythm mom. is oh it was it mom? Okay. Yeah, mom. Rhythm is where you win. All that other shit is nice to have, but if you can't have some sort of rhythmic um melody on your guitar that people can remember, it's gonna be a problem. And him coming back to it, even after putting the fills in, are awesome. The verse part of the guitar rift is almost peppy. And this is what you were talking about, Tommy, is he's not tuned down. So it almost feels a little happy, right? It's, it's, uh, uh, It's a little crazy. I guess maybe it does fit the song. I'm not too sure. Now, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but supposedly some dumbass named Greg Leon and some other dumbass named William Weaver said they wrote the lick to this thing and that Randy stole it. You know, and it's one of those things where you don't hear about it until after it's already sold 5 million copies, like that kind of shit. Like if it only sold 10 copies, nobody would care. But since there's money to be made, somebody cares all of a sudden. So I don't know how much of that shit's true. Uh, for all we know, Ozzy wrote it. Who knows? I, I have no idea. Um, But yeah, what I have written down here is to catch a me in the mid eighties or People who are looking to Eddie Van Halen and the, you know, Ingrid Momstein hitting and George Lynch hitting and, oh my God, these are guitar gods. Don't forget about the one that passed away before you got into it. Puts it right in the middle. Uh, This is an amazing song. I've heard this song just like you guys 500,000 times. I have never skipped this song. I, it is- I wish, I wish rock and roll night was like this, but I'm sick of that. Oh, thing. come on now. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So crazy train to
3: me, maybe the greatest intro to any song in the history of hard rock and heavy metal, maybe put welcome to the jungle right there. But this intro is just, just unbelievable. And the one, the song is almost perfect, but the one problem I have with the song is what we've talked about a little bit before. And Sonny talked about it. The intro, the, bri- the the bridge, the chorus, the solo, everything is just, like, just metal. And then you get to the verses, and it's like, crazy, but that's how <laughs> it goes. And I'm like, it's, it's it, it just, <laughs> the whole, I'm like, wait a minute, wait, what just happened here? Wait, what just happened? You just opened up with the most scary, like, menacing intro and then you just went into like this little shuffle beat and this like upbeat little you know millions of people i'm like wait a minute what just happened but then he goes into the bridge in the chorus and the soul like okay this fucking song is unbelievable it's kind of a weird like it it doesn't f- it the verses like don't fit the rest of the song
0: you know yes yeah, so sonny's doing like the carlton you know shuffle I, right just, now what you just you just said go ahead um, it, I could totally picture, and somebody probably can come up with this one of our listeners. You know, it, 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 you're exactly right. I could totally picture in the middle of Crazy Train, it, right when the lyrics come in. Yeah. Go ahead, sing the part. Millions of people. Like, <laughs> in the middle of that is a mashup with YMCA. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Right it's just millions of people staying at the (laughs) white right
3: it's just i don't i I mean but and i hate saying that because the song is so amazing and this the song has so much to offer and and you love listening to it and and it's a song that you don't get tired of um you you know we we've talked about you know sunny kind of hinted on that thing um he talked about uh, greg leon and how He helped, you know, he takes credit for it that he, when he, when, when he took Randy Rhodes's place in quiet riot, he helped him write the, you know, the, 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 you know, the lick to this, the riff, which he said came from when the two of them were listening to Steve Miller's swing (laughs) town, which is one of the worst fucking songs in the history of recorded music. So I I would love to send him. Wait a minute. I thought I thought Ace Frehley's cover of The Joker. was that? Oh, geez. Don't make me talk about the Steve Miller band. Fucking brutal. <laughs> so I'm, I, I would love to see how you connected Swingtown to Crazy Train. But anyways, I saw that. So we've already done a couple lists. So bear with me. I'm going to do one more list. Guitar World ranks this as the ninth greatest guitar solo ever. I don't know. I can't believe it's that. It should be way higher. So the top eight sonny's sonny's giving me this mad, like he's not like he's not impressed with the solo to crazy train what's the matter? it's not even the best solo on this album okay we'll talk about <laughs> that but so so number eight hotel california Num- uh, Number uh, maybe higher that that is i'm not an eagles fan but that solo was unfucking believable because it's it's dual guitars doing the same fucking thing it's insane yeah. number seven one by metallica number I seven that six uh i'm sorry num- yeah that was number seven number six november rain guns and roses number five all what? along the watch to- all along the watchtower jimmy hendrix now there you go number four a band i can't stand but i'll give him credit on this solo comfortably numb pink floyd oh,
1: number three number
3: th- yep number three free bird leonard skinnered number two yeah. eruption number two eruption van halen and number one the obvious stairway to heaven zeppelin so I, I, I they're, but they're but they you know Sonny's making a face. There's a reason they're there because they're they're so overplayed. I mean you've heard them. No offense,
0: the, eruption should not fucking be in there. I agree with I, that. It's, 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 also, gonna be a lot, it's gonna be something that moves you. Eruption's just fucking our overload, like what the fuck is this? But, but it's, it's also not, not something you're like, holy and
3: it's God. and it's also not it's also not part of a song. Yeah. You know, so, so it shouldn't it shouldn't be included. But anyway, so th- those are some of the rankings there. But but yeah, the song is just it, it's a stadium anthem. It's just a, it's an it's an incredible song. Um, And some of the information I got on this, too, is that the song is kind of based around some of the themes about the, what was going on with the Cold War at the time, which is kind of interesting because you, you, you just thought it was about Ozzy being fucking crazy and losing his mind. But multiple sources can talk about how, you know, the lyrics were Cold War theme influenced. So I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, too. But well, why don't um, you just
0: ask Bob Daisley? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> Ozzy's like, Cold War?
0: What's that all about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus, go ahead. Crazy trade. Yeah, I never heard of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> this song, you know, we we joke, but it's every Patriots game. The entrance of the Patriots come out. We're all on every fucking Hockey game every fucking base It's just that big I put this in and Here's my own top five probably List overplayed But yet you still love Yeah this rock and roll all Night shook me all night long Stairway to heaven And you guys want to add anything else Welcome to the jungle Welcome to the jungle enter sandman
3: Like enter sandman Back in black I mean just songs that Are overplayed for a reason
0: just like, whatever. But for me, I I can't. I, I I'm like Sonny. I can't steal. Like I, I can't still Like not get moved when I hear the song. Yeah. And it's usually when the solo comes in. Um. You're you're right, Tom, about the fucking giddy silly fucking middle. Like the lyrics pick up crazy. <laughs> you know. Um. You know, finger snapping shit. But. That riff And the I I always The image to me Tom was Halloween The Michael Myers theme oh, Michael mm-hmm. Myers theme mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, That thing And that's it. It's just The way the guitar goes And that sound And even that Think how many times How many fucking Rap stars made Songs off of this Oh yeah Yep Right And made hits yep. off of this song Or even the car commercial With the family in the car And each making A different rattling noises To make the sound effects Of the beginning of this song Yep it is such it it, it, it didn't have a, and then he did it for tribute when that's when it was oh, yeah. fat Ozzy with yeah. like the hair metal hairdo on the railroad <laughs> track yes oh my god that was such a bad image for Ozzy oh my gosh the, that was really it's bad it's just it's so iconic that it's almost like a cliche but it was that trick daddy let's go fucking thing that became a huge hit yep and people sample this song still the finger tapping of of Randy Rhodes, it's clean It's super clean. You can hear every fucking note. There's no like, oh, this is messy. It's almost like he's too talented. He's playing it too easy. It's it's too simple for him to play this. Anybody else would fucking would be struggling to pick this stuff up. Yeah, and if you watch it, the if, when, when you watch the
3: video of him doing it, it almost looks like he's bored. It's like, dude, yeah, how the
0: How is this how how is this that easy for you? And then picking right up in the rhythm. So like I was saying, if you hear other songs and I've heard like other musicians try to do this live and stuff, you miss half the song, but he goes right back into the rhythm. Like he doesn't miss a step. It's
3: insane. And, and like one of the know, things that's one of the things that Sonny said, too, and you you notice it, he does like the, the equivalent of what a drummer does. When a drummer does a drum fill, he'll be playing the riff and then he'll just go and just go right back into the riff. I'm like, how the fuck did you just do that? Like, it's yeah. it's unbelievable.
1: And I think what's happening is he's writing it or obviously was he was writing it knowing he's going to have to play it live. Yes. Right. So even the guitar solos, they end before the verse comes back in. So the guitar solo is not fading out and he's going to have to deal with that live.
0: Which yeah. a million right. other artists, that's the point that's I was right. trying to make. Like, then the song, you could tell that awkward part where they come right back to the lyrics and the guy's still off on a tangent and it sounds horrible. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, wow. What a song. Let's yep. go to song track number three. Hit it.
4: Yesterday has been and gone. Tomorrow will I find the sun?
1: Okay, so goodbye to romance. I got a feeling this is where we're going to start s- splitting up here. Uh, let me start with the good. Randy's amazing. The versatility is outstanding. The guitar solo is perfect. Like you can't Mick Fury, Ingrid Malmstein can't do this solo. Like that. that's not going to happen. And, you know, the lyrical content's great. I think it's a great way to kind of... Say I miss you, Black Sabbath, or whatever. You know, separating. I get all that. That whole keyboard, keyboard outro thing. Not a fan. I never, ever, the rest of my life need to hear a Ozzy ballad. Ozzy's voice is brutal as it is. I cannot hang with a whiny, um, just melody. That's. I don't. Oh my god. I just him. Singing ballads just drives me absolutely up the wall. When we came up, we were going to do this album. I remember I'm like, oh my God, goodbye to romances on that fucking. <laughs> like, the, yeah, I just, I can't handle the ballads. I'm sorry. It just, it's bad. Now, see, that's funny because the first thing I have written down is
3: Aussie sounds really good for a ballad. Oh me. my God. Yep. Now here's the thing about this song. Uh, th- but, uh, I agree with you that, that keyboard outro it's it's like we got a song going here let's let's just fuck it up like what are you doing like don't 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 do that um you know like you said it was kind of his way he was saying goodbye to black sabbath he thought maybe his career was over at the time he was kind of saying goodbye to everybody but i was listening to this song and i was thinking in terms of hard rock metal not not like zeppelin or anything like that is this like the first power ballad like, can you think, like, you know what I mean? Because like, I'm not talking like Stairway to Heaven. I'm talking about a band that would be considered heavy metal, hard rock. Like this is, this is, this is a power ballad. And I'm trying to think of something that came up before this. Cause this was 1981. On. Yeah. Dream on, but you wouldn't consider Aerosmith like heavy metal, but you know what I mean? Like I-, I thought it was interesting. Cause nobody was doing anything like this at the time. Black Sabbath certainly didn't have music, have anything like this. Uh, they
1: had some slower, drudgy stuff, but I, I don't did. know if it was completely ballad.
3: They did. you know. Van Halen didn't have ballads or anything at that time. You know what I mean? I think you say ballad because the
0: word romance. No, if no, no. I mean, no, goodbye no, to my it's friends. It's a musical style. But it's also, but if you say goodbye to my friends, maybe would you say it's a ballad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the
3: essence, the t- the tone and the essence of this song okay. is a ballad. Yeah, um, but that being said, I like it a little bit more than Sunny. I, I, I it's not a it's not a go-to song by any stretch. Again, Randy, you know holds holds it together for the song that that would otherwise be kind of a throwaway. But I, I, I like
0: it. I like I like the mood of the whole album. Yeah, I think even the keyboards, organ, all that shit throughout this album has the same. It's the same sound. So I enjoy it. It's got that eerie kind of sound it's not fucking the my way piano I um, mean keyboard <laughs> my Eat way again. Shit. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i I don't know it's Don Airy of Deep purple and and fucking the great rainbow piano slash keyboard player so uh, it's a good song I like it I like it it's a good song that's all I'm gonna say it's yep. not like oh my god I've gotta hear fucking goodbye to romance but it's a Randy Rhodes guitar solo in there, and it that's what keeps me there. It's lyrically, it's fine. Um, it, it, again, it's nothing that I'm like, oh, my God, you know, how can you say this isn't the greatest album? I mean, listen to this. Listen to Goodbye to Roman. It's nothing I would brag about. But it's certainly not skippable. It's certainly not a bad song. I enjoy it, but, it you know, of the tracks, it's one of the weaker ones. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even describe it as weaker. It's not one of my favorites on this album That's how I would say Um, And you're right Tom It's simply about um, Goodbye to romance Goodbye to Black Sabbath It's funny so I was listening to this On the way to Traveling for the last couple weeks And I've been playing this in my car My daughter's in the car She's 11 now Soon to be 12 And she'd been getting into the Beatles For some reason I don't know if it was school or music They make him listen to in music class. She's like, this is like a Beatles ripoff. I was like, what? Ah. She goes, yeah, this is like yesterday. I'm like, what the fuck? I've heard other people say Ozzy has a little bit of a Beatles influence that he comes back to every once in a while and puts like Beatle-like things in his songs. Mm -hmm. And my little 11-year-old picked up on that and says this – she usually does not comment on music in my car. She tries to avoid it, especially <laughs> when it's kiss. yeah, I was just um, gonna
3: say you're not listening to kiss
0: <laughs> no. And so, and then somebody else mentioned, I think I somewhere I read that there's jazz chords in here, and I don't pick up on that. I'm not a musician, but supposedly there's some jazz chords. The other thing to put in, this is the first song they recorded when they did this album, yes. I don't know how they start off with this and be like, okay, that's, that's the floor. (laughs) It's going to get better than this. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Let's, uh, let's move it along to a very short little one. Let's go to the next.
1: I like classical music. I think I, I have to be in a mood, right? Um, this thing, I first heard it on tribute and the tribute version is longer. And it's kind of cool in there because as Randy's in the studio playing it, he even messes up and then he laughs and goes, oops, you know, hit a wrong chord there. And then, you know, it just kind of keeps going. So it's kind of here. It's kind of cool to hear that, uh, Randy was human, I guess is the best way to put it. These kind of instrumentals are always just meh to me. I, watch, I'll get hate mail on this. Eruption is meh to me. I don't need it. Like, I just, I don't care, right? I just want the music. Now, here's the other. I appreciate is separate from a song because then I can just skip it. Same thing with Eruption. I don't want the 48 seconds of mood setting into my song like rock bottom. I wish they would just cut that shit and put it at the front and I could just skip it because I don't know what that minute 58 does for you. Um, so I'm always a little meh on these type of things. I think it's cool. It's about his mom, blah, blah, but it's Randy showing off a little bit.
3: I, I, I like it. Um, I'm a big fan of instrumentals. I like this because it's only about 40 plus seconds long. It doesn't take up a lot of your time. Um, it's got that very classical orchestral sound and that's kind of Randy's background. There's a little bit when I hear this, like, especially right at the very beginning, it kind of gives me a little bit of the it reminds me a little bit of like the very beginning to silent lucidity by, uh, just a little, a little bit of the picking of the acoustics there, but you know it's 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 there. It, it doesn't take up a lot of your time. I mean that that's why I don't skip it because it's it's forty seconds, and it gives you a little bit of a reprieve before you get your uh, the next song, which we'll get into. So, but uh, I, I I don't mind it. I, I'm I'm on record as saying I'm a fan of instrumentals if they're done correctly and don't
0: take up too much of your time. So D, um, this is. Ozzy Osbourne, the solo artist, is Albin, right? Yes. Okay. Why the fuck does he have an instrumental on a solo album?
1: Uh, yeah. When <laughs> did? Day, when was Daisy <laughs> in Sabbath? Why do you say goodbye to Sabbath? Like I, I don't know. <laughs> but you get my point. Like obviously, it was a band. It was. He's not
0: putting out fucking Randy Rhodes song. And this is then. This isn't. They didn't put it on afterwards as a reissue. This they put this out when Blizzard of Oz came out. It was supposed to be a band effort and. You know D's named after his mom, it's a classical little music, little, little ditty, and it's 49 seconds. Yep. Nice little, you know, thing, but I am a hundred percent with Sonny on this. Don't need it, nice, but I don't want, I'm not even a fan of eruption. I don't get it. It's okay, you're talented. I just that shit doesn't move me. I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but It is what it is. I don't want to denigrate him, but the best part about it is that it's 49 seconds. Mm -hmm. Quickly little mood thing and move on, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we move on. So, here's some nice little mood music. So, for you to get out your fucking suicide weapon of choice and play the next song.
1: I mentioned earlier about lyrical content. I got a problem with this is not the song. It's, it's a later song because I think he's right. Whiskey is quicker. Uh, wine. I don't even (laughs) like wine. Whiskey is quicker. Um, the song needs a guitar solo. That's why I love the tribute version because that's when Randy actually does his guitar solo. But after the last two songs, this song was very welcomed. I think it can be a Sabbath song. I think that shit that Ozzy's doing in the middle is completely just stupid. Just shut up and let Randy do his thing. Like just don't even like, well, I was messing with stuff in the studio, mate. I don't care. Like just let Randy do his thing. And this whole lawsuit thing, you know, whether the song encourages self-destructive behavior or makes kids especially susceptible to issues. I don't know if I believe all that. I think. Everybody's got to make their own decision on should an artist have to worry about what they're writing about in case innocent ears may hear it. I'm a believer of no. I think the artist should be able to express whatever they want to express. And it's on the parent to try to either listen to what they got, just like I used to, right? The kids would want a song on their iTunes. I'm like, great. You give me the money. I'll put it on your iTunes. And they got a clean version until they were into their mid-teens right because mm-hmm. it was listening to all this fucking gangster rap hip hop shit and i didn't want him to hear all the stuff that sooner or later you're going to end up hearing anyway you don't need to hear it as an 8-year-old you can hear it as a 14-year-old right so this whole lawsuit thing i don't think it says shoot shoot in there i just wish he would shut the fuck up basically like if you're <laughs> going to if you're going to change something on the recording in 2002 take that part out like that that kind of thing uh but that's just me
3: one of the greatest riffs on the entire album. I mean, the way the song just just again with Randy Rhodes and that guitar tone, oh, just an unbelievable, unbelievable riff. And there's a couple of conflicting stories. You know, Ozzy claims that he wrote it, you know, after Bon Scott died. Bob Daisley's like, no, this is about Ozzy because it was Ozzy was about to be the next Bon Scott if something didn't happen to him. As Sonny hinted at the tragedy, you know, November 1985, Ozzy was sued by a family of the teenager who committed a suicide, allegedly after to listening to the song, claiming that in the middle of the song, it says, why try get the gun and shoot, you know, horrible tragedy, but this is the thing that's kind of funny, not about a tragedy, not about a suicide, but Bob Daisley and Oz- Ozzy um, claim that the line actually says, get the flaps out, flaps, meaning an English slang term
0: for vagina. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, snap a flap. <laughs> That's exactly because why I said going all over the place. It's I was right. saying that so, shit in high school, Tom.
3: So I don't know which one is harder to believe that he said, get the gun and shoot. Or that he said, get the flaps out. I don't, I don't know, but th- this, this was a great line. So, um, but Sabbath's Sabbath's former, uh, manager and, uh, sharon's father don said about the lyrics he goes to be perfectly honest i'm doubtful as to whether mr osborne even knows the meaning of the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> so uh but that being said you know it's I, I like the breakdown when it's just the bass that little bass breakdown Um, uh, the part of the song that sonny was talking about with all the little uh, vocal effects and say it's stupid what do you that's it's dumb nobody needs that um and then it kicks right back into that vicious riff. Um, th- this is it's a it's a great song. Obviously not a very uplifting song, but it's a it's a it's a great track.
0: All right, couple things, Sonny. You say I wish they would take it out. If you took it out, then you're actually admitting there was something wrong with it. Like, always thinking like a lawyer. Can't take it out now. Then you're admitting to you was something wrong. So the other part is like this is like the number one like probably First Amendment song. This in Me So Horny, which we did in <laughs> yeah. the uh, high school uh, lip sync contest in uh, senior year. I would love have loved to seen that. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was classic. I don't think this song is even telling people to do crazy shit. It's so not- okay, he he's telling people like this is a bad way, and you're gonna end up dying. It's interesting though on Suicide Solution. I didn't put the word solution as drinking. I put solution as meaning here's your, here's the s- solving your problem. Suicide is the solving is just solve your problem. The suicide solution. Just oh, absolutely. Yeah, and if, so, and
3: if all, if Ozzy tries to convince us and otherwise he's fucking lying. Cause you're right. The suicide is the solution. That's how yeah, I interpret
0: it. I always yeah. talk, until I listened and didn't read the stuff where Bob was talking about it. And in this episode research That I'm like oh a solution That's like a British way of saying Like uh, a liquid or something like that I'm Like what I'm like I wouldn't put it like that I'm not buying uh, that one <laughs> Yeah exactly And so to me it's a little fucked up But there is no solo on this Which is disappointing The riff is legendary The mm. lyrics are legendary There's no fucking way Ozzy wrote this about Bond Scott There's no no fucking way he did. This is Bob Daisley looking at this guy going, all right, I've got to write all this song for this fucking drunk because he can't handle anything. All right, I've got a good one for you. How about this? And he wrote that definitely for Ozzy. There's no fucking way Ozzy thought of that by himself. You know, the song, like I said, legendary at this point, everybody knows and it's just Randy as well. You know, coming up with fucking great riffs, laughter riff, right? hmm Yep. All right. Let's get into the devil.
1: Alistair Crowley makes an appearance here. Uh, I think the creepy Oregon start is great. Here's another song that could have easily been Black Sabbath. And it kind of reminded me of this thing I read in an interview once. I forgot about this. Ozzy had said, Black Sabbath got characterized to one type of song. I wanted to do stuff like I left my heart in San Francisco. This ain't that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, uh, so... To me, there's a couple of songs here that could have been Sabbath songs. I guess you can't get too far away from, first of all, what made you successful. Second, does it sound like Sabbath because it's Ozzy? And if it wasn't Ozzy, maybe it wouldn't sound like Sabbath. I'm not sure about that part. This is the first song on this album where I noticed that the drums was just as important as everything else that was going on. For whatever reason, I didn't really hear the drums until you hear them in this song because there's something about the accents he must be doing. That's working and that outro at the end with just Randy and the drums. That's one of the best outros ever. I love the Crazy Train guitar solo, but this to me is the best guitar solo on this album. And um, I think it's a great song. I, I, do you need it to be Alistair Crowley? I don't know. I, it's just a theme, I guess. So who cares? Yeah, Sonny, you're right. This, and this was, we had Crazy
3: Train ranked ninth greatest guitar Solo by guitar world this was ranked 28th um and you're right a lot of people argue that this might be better than the crazy train soul but the re- crazy train is a little bit more of an iconic song than mr crowley although this is unbelievably iconic and the, the, that that organ it kind of paints that picture that you know zeus talked about at the beginning about you know those that gothic castle you know like like dracula's castle kind of thing you know the, the big staircase and uh it, it's amazing the they you know the story goes that the song was inspired by um a book by alistair crowley that Ozzy read and there were a deck of tarot cards that were found in the studio and p- for people that don't know who alistair crowley is he was a, <clears throat> an english guy who was into the occult black magic um it created a religion in the early early 20th century famous for being the guy that jimmy page bought his house You know, that that he lived in back in 1971 His Jimmy Page was obsessed with uh, Alistair Crowley and all the shit that he was into. And in another little bit of trivia, I I didn't know this. I guess apparently Ozzy mispronounces his name. It's supposed to be Crowley. I don't know if that's a British thing or something, but Ozzy calls him Crowley. I love the song. I mean, that 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 organ, you got the pause then you got Ozzy just saying Mr. Crowley and then boom, the whole band just joins in. It's definitely a great track. All
0: right. This was Ozzy's second single. I forgot to mention that. It didn't chart in the US. In the UK, it made it to number 46. Crazy Train, uh, I forgot. Uh, That was a UK single to 49. Mainstream Rock at number nine. The thing that's famous about this is the B side on this had that song, You Said It All, Which was going to be on the album They they were performing it But they never actually Recorded it And so it never went on an album But they did play it live And so the live version I believe is on The B side to this And Suicide Solution Live is on the B side As well Mr. Crowley is just uh, Don Aries organ Keyboard is insane It's just the mood, it's eerie, it's dark, it's foreboding It's the theme, it's Aussie, you know, that's what I picture This Victorian type of castle I'm watching a Universal movie, they're coming into Dracula's castle And this is the type of music you would hear And it's all Mr. Crowley, satanic shit And when I was little, I was like, what the fuck Oh my god, Alistair Crowley, oh my goodness this is the shit that we all bought into when we were younger and stuff. It is insane. The song is ranked 23rd greatest heavy metal song of all time by Gibson. Like I said, Don Airy did the um, keyboard. and the, Apparently somebody else had come up with it when they were demoing this. And then Don Airy, just when he came in to do this, added more to it and, and extenuated it to make it what it's the legendary thing that it is now. But the song is just Insane For me That was the video that I was telling you about Tom When he's singing the song Mm -hmm. And he looks back Into the band and he's like What the fuck do I got here As a matter of fact Tom If you look at the YouTube video clip of this It's on Ozzy's own YouTube channel Mm -hmm. Ozzy himself comments on this Yeah and he writes this about, and this is mostly Randy Rhodes. He so he says, Randy Rhodes was quite possibly the best composer and musician that I have ever met in my life. He came into my life like a bolt of lightning, and as such, he was gone again. I consider myself one of the luckiest men alive to have not only met him, but also have had the great honor of being able to work with him. I will cherish the time I spent with him till the day I die. And then cap letters, long live Randy Rhodes, long live rock and roll. I love you all, Aussie. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I can't say enough. When you see the musicianship on that clip and just Randy and even fucking Tommy Aldridge and Rudy, it's just insane yep. how talented and how that song comes across. And that outro, when he just takes off and goes, it's, unbelievable. it's just... Unbelievable! He doesn't miss a note. It's clean as hell. Even the live version, it's clean as hell, and the guitar is just insane. I can't say enough about this. It is just everything about this is perfect. The imagery, the lyrics, the vocals.
3: The, yeah, Aussie sounds great the, on the it.
0: Musicianship is off the charts, off the charts. So let's uh, let's move this one along.
1: no bone movies I got a major problem that these guys don't like porn I uh, (laughs) oh come on man (laughs) really this is where I'm just like what the hell's wrong with you (laughs) um solid riff the guitar solo is a little weird because it kind of feels like it got recorded like in a tunnel um chorus is a little bit lazy I don't like the whole gang vocal thing and I don't know if you noticed Sounds like rock and roll to me. Did I did I miss the like Led Zeppelin rock and roll, it's the same lick, right? Hell no. No, Sounds you're, the same you're not me. you're not too far off, Sonny. Sounds the same to me. But I not one of my favorites on this thing. Okay. So to me, I'm going to be on a fucking island on this one and
3: that that makes me happy. I love this song. The riff on this song, I love the riff. Yeah, the lyrics are friggin' stupid. You know, they were inspired by the band going to like a porno theater and Randy Rhodes called it a bone movie. Never fucking heard of that before in my
0: life. It was, you know, boning and, her, man. Boning and then
3: Aussie, you know, trying to tell us that it's like disgusting and it's horrible and disgraceful and everything. Um, the song was supposed to be a B-side. I mean, there's people out there, I'm sure, that probably wish it was a B-side. I This is one of those songs when I was talking about the crunch of Randy's guitar I like the up tempo and I like the lick that he has in the song. The chorus is kind of stupid, but I, I I just I just enjoy Randy's this is this is this might be the most perfect example of me loving this song just to hear Randy's guitar tone and his riffs on this. Because most people don't think it's a standout song at
0: all, but I, I enjoy this one a lot. Zeus. So this to me is the song that doesn't fit the album. It sounds nothing like any of the tracks It is completely different I don't know what key it is I mean I know he switches his keys All throughout this whole album But it's just completely different It's like a happy goal It sounds like somebody put 38 Special In the middle of a fucking Aussie album Um, It's like Southern Rock He's doing a fucking slide guitar thing Which obviously is not his thing Because he's the worst solo on this album and you're right. It sounds like they were in the middle of a fucking party in the studio, and someone Brett record. It's like sloppy. There's like background shit going on. It doesn't even. Is this are they recording a song? What are they doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. It doesn't fit. And the song I believe was supposed to be uh, because they needed an extra song. Uh, you looking at me, looking at you, which became. Afterwards on the reissues Like the hidden track that they added back In was going to be on this And then they kicked that out and then recorded No Bone Movies and put this on Uh, I don't know you know how I feel about Extra songs they should have put it all on And gone with everything So um, I like the song it's not bad No Bone Movies almost sounds like I think they were trying to think of like their wives Or Sharon Hey no more pornos for you punk (laughs) <laughs> like you
1: know, maybe,
0: because <laughs> you know, doesn't make sense, guys saying no bone movies. And I have to say this throughout all the years, and I'm talking since I was in you know junior high school and younger of having this Aussie album, I always thought no bone movies meant horror movies like me too. That's skeleton, exact skeleton horror movies, no bone movies. That's exactly what I thought. That's yeah, funny that you not say, yep. fucking porn music. Yep. Like, I don't want any scary movies. I don't like you know, because it wouldn't make sense to me, like a guy's in a rock band not wanting porn. That's stupid. I this this,
3: this this song is not endorsed by Shout It Out Loudcast.
0: Well, <laughs> Ozzy wasn't known to be a groupie kind of guy. That's true. And, Look at <laughs> yeah, Dude, Lemmy Lemmy got pussy. So that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Gene Simmons got pussy. Let's not go there, okay? So, and and then supposedly Randy was like a sweet guy who had a, like a girlfriend and was like super nice and you know didn't have groupies and shit. So maybe they just weren't into that shit. You know, maybe I don't well, know. Maybe, maybe they were fucking Rob Halford fucking members. I don't know. I just Could, didn't like who, chicks. Who knows? Could be. I don't know. But, anyways, that was No Bone Movies. Oh, let's go to the next song.
1: Revelation, Mother Earth. All right. So I love the intro. And then I remember I'm like, oh, my God, another Aussie ballad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I was going to tell you guys a story. So usually I listen to my iTunes library when I own the music, right? Because I ripped all the CDs into iTunes. But this song wasn't in my library. And I was like, what the hell happened to the song? So I remember my computer at the time only had so much memory. So I never ripped all the songs off a CD. I only uh, ripped off the songs that I liked. And I remember after hearing the song, I'm like, oh, yeah, this song is (laughs) bar Like, thank God I was listening to it on my phone because I almost threw my phone out the window. I texted you guys. I'm like, I just heard a song. I almost threw my phone out the window. This was the song. Because until, like, it gets to five minutes and Randy actually cuts in and does, like, a minute seven – by himself i'm like oh okay i would have taken that i'll tell you after listening to this i appreciate d more this is a brutal song this is way worse than any maiden dinosaur songs Period. <sighs> Oof. so
3: all right so the rush fan in me enjoys oh my the, god enjoy en- so- en- enjoys this song no wait let me let me be, let me finish let me finish it's 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 not a great song it's a tough listen i can get through it because i I'm a, I'm a rush fan i like the transitions that it makes with with some of the it starts off one way it ends another way when it gets fast and the guitars kick in um you have those weird vocal effects where it's like roo, roo, roo. i'm like what the <laughs> fuck just happened right now <laughs> somebody fucking is playing like some fucking 1982 video game right now in the middle of this song and then you get the keyboard stuff the piano stuff i i I'm sorry. I like it. It, it. it it reminds me of an Elton John song. I don't know if anybody out there is an Elton John fan. I, I'm a huge Elton John fan. He's got a song called Funeral for a Friend, and it starts off. It's like this multi-layered, weird kind of song, and it reminds me of that. It's a combination of that and like something from Rush. That being said, I'm, it's not a great song. I'm not going to tell you that it is. I enjoy it, but it sticks out like a fucking sore thumb on this album as you, you're cruising through Blizzard of Oz and you get hit with this. And you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? It should it should probably be the last song, but I can tolerate it a little bit more than uh, than Sonny and probably Zeus, I'm assuming, as well. All right. So this will
0: have to be the probably greatest difference of opinions throughout all of our bonus episodes ever. All right. This is by far the most epic song he's ever done. I agree. I fucking love this song. This song is fucking off the charts. Brilliant. Okay, wow. That. I thought I was going to be the one that liked this the most. Wow. Not even close. I fucking love this song. (laughs) It is brilliant. The vocals, the lyrics are fucking fantastic. What's wrong with talking about Fucking being saving the earth Back in 1979 Slash 81 That's fucking great In addition I would say That that Break And that build up Is probably my favorite build up Of any musical piece In any fucking song I've ever had That piano and that little break, and then it gets into the first break. It breaks down, and then the piano goes a little more. The second break, you think it's going to be more piano, and then all of a sudden the guitar picks up. Mm-hmm. I have, as a since I was a little kid, I don't know about you guys. You ever play AO guitar? Have oh,
1: you yeah. ever
0: imagined yourself being a guitarist and doing a solo? There's nothing greater than this to me. This. When he picks up and plays the guitar, and then goes into that riff, din, 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 din. that's awesome. That is every fucking speed metal, thrash metal, right there. There, that's the blueprint that takes over that whole style. That riff is insane, and then he just goes off. Din, din, din. Oh my, oh my god! And then the drums play, and it's like an epic closing. Din, 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 din. Holy shit! That fucking stuff, blow. till this day, when I hear that song, I like the beginning part and I'm dying, dying to get to that break. And then wait for that. I get built up. No, it's just this first piano break. And then the beautiful little melody that he does, Don Airy does. And then builds up, builds up. And then here you go. Oh my God, that shit's fucking. That is the greatest guitar for me ever. If I could play a guitar solo and I was that good, that's it. Right there. Fucking rock out with your cock out. Jam out with your clam out. Nothing better than that. Okay, I think we have our first legitimate what the fuck
3: is going on moment right now. Because the song is good. I, I do enjoy it. It moves, me. I, it think moves you, me. I think you may enjoy this song more than Ozzy enjoys this song and and it's funny because i want to say this you may not know it because of your hatred for getty lee's voice (laughs) but you're a you you don't know it you're a rush fan and i'm going to tell you why if you like this song this is a rush song this is this is the kind of music that rush makes from the
0: late 70s right around until 1982 no one is doing that guitar riff you don't tell me that that's I'm, I'm, I'm actually, not talking that's that break when he picks up and then, oh, yeah, da, 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 I know that that is not every fucking blueprint of thrash metal going forward. I hear Metallica throughout that stuff right there. It's like a whole different mm-hmm. style of metal guitar just got True. formed right there, and I've you know, through the research and reading this album and going through this and listening to other artists and other interviews and other musicians talking about they all talk about like that point in that song changed a lot for rock guitar, for metal guitarist. It's true. That, it's that, that cl- it's that classical metal. That fucking riff. Yep. It's true. Yeah. Holy shit. No, three I, I enjoy it
3: because I enjoy it because it is very it is very rush like for me with the way here the come, way the move, comes the, move, the
0: slap down. Go ahead. The
3: Sonny. way the, the way the song transitions, but yeah, here's Sonny going to say
1: three <laughs> syllables. Ba, ru, <laughs> <laughs> the song oh, is shit. I it is care. not shit. You don't um, like it's the
0: Fine. You want to dis- disagree with me towards that end? and Not think that it's fucking at least. You don't like I it.
1: I love the, the last minute. Okay, seven, there you think so You can say ready.
0: that you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, I don't want to hear the first five minutes.
1: Yes, I could say that.
0: I'm, I'm, I love it's so it. Fucking brutal. Oh, I see, love- I, I, oh. I,
1: I'm. I,
3: I'm actually. I'm happy to hear that Zeus likes it because that means
0: I there's a shot at getting you into Rush. Oh there, there might be an opening. Pick the album, Tom. There I might be an opening.
3: There might Pick be the
0: album. Well, we'll see. Not this time around, but we'll see. All right. So that was Revelation Mother Earth. Let's go to the final track. We're not going to do you looking at me looking at you, which is the bonus on the stuff, because we're going to try to keep these classic albums based on the albums as they were released. So let's right. go to the final track now. <laughs>
1: Okay, so for all of the differences in the songs, and Zeus mentioned it before, supposedly, I'm not a musician either, but supposedly every song's in a different key, and Ozzy was trying to do that on purpose, or Bob was trying to do it on purpose, whoever wrote it, I don't know. Ranch. Yeah, whoever. This one, this Steal Away the Night, is a straight-ahead rock song. It's probably the only really straight-ahead rock song I don't know if I really like it because it's a great song or if if it was after the dumpster fire that we just listened to. (laughs) But it's a great way to end the record. I like like the nice, greasy riff. The chorus is a little meh to me. And the guitar solo is great. I just wish it was longer. Uh, But it's a great way to end the album. You could not end the album with that last song. That's for sure. So uh, to me, this, uh, this ended up being a good song.
3: Killer Riff. Might be my favorite riff on the entire album, and I like the fact that it's a it's an upbeat, you know, more more than mid tempo song. There's not a lot of those on this album that that sound like this. The, the the groove, and I think an underrated aspect of this song is that friggin the bass line in this song, he is all over the place. If you pay attention with the, to the bass on this, and there's something about this song, and it, it, and it might be it might be the tempo. It might be the, the, the riff and the bass made me think of it. I could picture this song being on rock and roll over done by kiss. I could see ACE killing it with this riff. We've seen Gene, especially on an album like dress to kill where he was all over the place with the bass. you know, killing it with his, with his groove. Um, You know, there's a little bit of uh, the phaser being used when Randy gets into a solo ACE love doing that. So this could potentially, I think, would sound like a KISS song. It could be. Um, the One of my favorite parts about this song is when the riff kind of kicks back in before the solo. And you hear, like, the boom. And it's like, the boom. And then it goes right into the solo. And it just Randy takes off. I, I, this is just a standout song. And it, it's a great closer
0: to me because I, I think it's a killer track. All right. For me, you know what sounds familiar about KISS with this? Is I am so used to Mother Earth revelation ending and then mm-hmm. boom, like the riff yep. that reminds me of DRC and King of the Nighttime World, where I can't picture hearing Steal Away without Mother Earth ending. Okay. okay guitar and then boom, right next to the next guitar. I actually think this should be flipped. I think Mother Earth should end it. The epic song should end the album. So, but that fucking riff, I don't know. For some reason, I always pictured. Like imagine playing this guitar, I would be playing it upside down, like playing the way <laughs> the riff sounds, like with a uh, with the uh, the guitar turned upside down and flick flick. I don't know. It's just uh, another amazing guitar um, uh, performance by Randy Rhodes. It's also very British new wave. Yes, that's, This sounds like that type of music. Judas Priest, made in kind of like this, is the most of that bridge. I mean, this is 1980. If you think about it, yeah, right. Why wouldn't this be kind of be considered part of the British new wave metal attack? Def Leppard, yeah, what's his name? Um, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Saxon, and all the other bands coming, Aussie solo and stuff. But- because it's ten thousand times better than Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. That's why. <laughs> But that riff is phenomenal. Um, The other thing is, you're right. The bass line on this, you can hear boom, 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 in the underneath. Oh, it's all over the place. It's awesome. You know, it reminds me. It reminds me of, like, you said, oh, it sounds like a kiss song. It reminds me of Lady Room, the bass line on that. You can hear the bass line in the background and kind of going on those stuff. I don't know. I just feel like the intro is just a perfect way. And I'm so used to this ending. I just don't understand what Steal Away, the night, Steal Away, the night. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Does anybody have just, a, I, one? I, of I don't guess? know if it,
3: I don't know if it just means like the, like get away. Have like have a let's have fun tonight. Steal away the night. I don't know. I, I don't know.
0: Did, Did you, you say, say maybe Wei Chung? Everybody. Everybody. Fun? Every, everybody have fun, have fun tonight. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um The one other thing I want to end on is the solo here. It's the same solo statement you can make off every if you hear a Randy Rhodes solo. Take it out of the track, and you—he plays the solo for you. You almost can say, "Okay, that's Crazy Train solo." Yep, that's uh, that's I don't know solo. You and, and I think Ace has a little bit of that, where you can tell the song from his solo. Like it makes sense as part of the song. It has its own little thing, but it's part of the song. I, I can't say that for everybody else. There's a lot of people that just fucking. Think of a Vinnie Vincent solo What the fuck does that have to do with the song That you're listening to Nothing <laughs> The melodies The 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 music, the tone, everything All his solos fit his songs And you can tell the solo if you took it separately And somebody just played a solo And be like oh that's Crazy Train That's how legendary these things are Yep. So that Is Ozzy's Blizzard of Oz It certainly is
3: What an album, a fun one to listen to fun one to talk about. We all have differing opinions, but I think we all agree that it's, uh, it's just, it's a fucking classic. It's iconic, which is why it was the group pick this time around.
0: Yeah. And this could have been easily
3: my pick me as as well. I'll tell, I'll tell you right now, before we agreed on the group pick, this was in my, my rotation of options as a potential
1: pick from, from myself. So yeah. Yeah, I had Ozzy uh, pics in my head, but this wasn't the one. Um, I don't think we're ever going to know who wrote these songs and who did. I, well, I think we know who did. Really? Don't think it's Bob Daisley? No, no, no. I I, I don't think we're ever going to know for absolute fact. I know who didn't write it. I just don't know <laughs> who wrote it. But there's nobody else disputing saying that they wrote it. Even Ozzy said. Ozzy's just saying that he wrote it with him. Uh, Lake is saying he wrote some of this stuff. Oh, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, I'm telling you. I'm he telling wrote, you, you. He won't. got a
0: writing credit on no, on no bone movies. That's it.
1: Yeah. but And that's and, and that's we'll one of the reasons. Randy. And that's
0: one of the rumors.
3: Know. I'm sorry, Sonny. I keep talking over you. Go ahead. Finish. We don't technically know Randy didn't write this. It's just Randy's not around to say anything about it. And, yeah. and speaking of no bone movies, it was a B side. And they said they threw it on here to give him a writing credit on the album. That it wasn't even yeah. gonna be on part of the album, but.
0: Yeah, but And yeah. in the end, Sharon basically fucking fired everybody else out of the <laughs> band And then you had Rudy and Tommy all just performing this whole album In Diary of a Madman They even showed up on the Diary of a Madman album And they didn't perform at all on it It's exactly, the same yeah. band playing yep. So Sharon has always played that And to make sure who gets credit If you're going to fucking steal away from Ozzy's limelight And story and background they She got rid of them And Randy had enough of it, too, supposedly. And he was ready to bolt and we'll never know. But, you know, obviously, Ozzy loved him. And, you know, the sad, you know, getting into this album as we're concluding this, getting into this album just brings back so many like life is just unfair. How the fuck this guy wasn't a drunk or fucking crazy. Oh, he was fucking Jim Morrison. Oh, he was just this was a nice kid. This guy was fucking classically trained. This guy could have probably changed the music forever. Continuously changed if he got to release three or four more albums. And he got taken from us all because some fucking shit bag thought it was funny to take his fucking plane. And so the other part to this story is the story goes that they were on a bus, they all were sleeping over. It was 10 a.m. They're in some barn. And the, near the barn, there was a fucking runway for small planes. And one of the guys, I don't know who the guy was. I forget. It was part of like the tour band or whatever, or the bus driver, decided he could fly a plane. And he was all coked up all night. And he took like, I, I guess, uh, a couple of Don Airy and somebody else. And he would buzz the, the, the bus trying to wake up Tommy Aldridge. Then he got off. And then the, I forget who she was, the secretary or the other female yeah, lady.
1: Yeah. She was some, some sort of road secretary. I think
0: like so. it, Yeah. And wanted to go on. Then she said she would do it. And he said he'd behave. And Randy wanted to get on the plane too, to take some photos. If the guy said he was going to behave. So supposedly the guy the night before I got a major fights with his fucking wife or whatever. And she was on the bus or something like that. And that Don Airy was the only one who saw it because everybody else was sleeping on the bus. And his apparent eyewitnessing of it said that he saw because he was taking photos. He wanted to take photos of the plane for Randy to show him on the plane and flying. He said that he could see that Randy because the wings were going up and down that they were there was a fight and a struggle in the cockpit. So there's now the theory and the thesis That the guy was going to fucking try to crash The plane into the bus And maybe Randy was fighting with him Trying to wrestle him From doing so And then the the plane wing clipped the bus Had it not been for Randy Would have done more damage And then went into the barn And like blew up and torched The three people They got yep. thrown out the window They got torched to bits because the thing blew up And they only had to identify them through like dentist stuff so there was no way they were surviving throughout that plane crash. And then like Ozzy woke up like fucking crying. I apparently Randy was trying to wake up Rudy to go, Rudy Sarzo to go on the plane ride with him, and he wouldn't. Imagine that shit.
3: And it reminds me, you know, when you tell that story, um, you know, it reminds me of the horrible you know, real quick, I'm not gonna we won't spend too much time, but it just reminds me of that horrible tragedy with Cliff Burton with Metallica. You know, they're they're on a fucking bus ride. They're playing cards. They draw cards to see who's going to sleep in the bunk. And there's conflicting stories from the driver, whether he fell asleep or, you know, hit a patch of ice. They get in an accident. The bus flips and everybody survives. But Cliff Burton, because of the bunk that he was sleeping in, the bus rolls over, lands on him. Fucking guy was unbelievably musically talented and schooled in what he contributed to Metallica on those first three albums and the band still talks about Cliff Burton now. I mean, you you watch some documentaries, you read some books, especially James and you know, I'm not going to make any conclusions, but it may be contributed to what he's been dealing with now, but he they have not gotten over that loss and what Cliff brought to that band was like what Randy brought to that band it was a very distinctive style of songwriting of lyrics of music and just when you have like a just Somebody like that, just just a supreme talent, just taken away from you in a horrible tragedy. It just, it's fucking awful. And I, I, you know, the Randy Rhodes thing is it's, it's terrible. The kid was a prodigy.
0: The only thing I would say is, and I don't know enough about Cliff Burton, his music to criticize or anything like that. And God bless him. It doesn't sound like he sounded like a great guy. And the fucking yeah. thing's a, a mess in very similar circumstances. The only thing I would say is like, you know, a bass player versus a fucking guitar player. Absolutely. No, no, right? that's true. Yep, That's true. The only thing Yep. But yep. it sounds like the fate same same, same thing with same. the Buddy Holly story and all that same. and who gets it and Waylon Jennings becomes the fucking biggest name in country music and he survives based on a fucking coin toss. Exactly. I mean, think about shit like that. How music would have changed if somebody survived and somebody didn't. Yep. And how, what a difference. Anything you want to add before we wrap this up, Sonny?
1: Uh, I think they're, you know, they're just unfortunate situations, I think even when you look at what happened with Hendrix or what happened with, um, Janis Joplin and any of these guys that got kind of, uh, we lost him at 27, I guess or young anyway. Yep. My first question is always like, who are all the people around them? Like they don't see this thing coming. Like he can't protect the person from their own being. Like I, I get it that they're kind of doing it to themselves and there's an addiction involved, but there's people that love them. Like I, I eat something wrong. My wife's all over me. My kids are all over me. Like, you know what I mean? i like, they have those people. So either they shut all those people out or somebody's like, well, he's going to do what he's going to do. Like, what do you want me to do about it? You know, that kind of thing. That's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it w- what sucks about Randy is just like, it, it, he wasn't a drunk. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. a druggie. Right. And they found the guy had cocaine in the system and Randy had fucking nicotine. Cause apparently he was the fucking smoking capital smoking man of the world but you know like they say you know don't be sad that we lost him be sad be happy that we had him you know right we got him
3: two of the greatest heavy metal albums in history no doubt yeah
0: so all right what we usually get to now is the album tracks and we rank them yep um let's uh continue with that okay sonny
1: Number Number nine's easy for me. Revelation, Mother Earth. (laughs) I almost put 19, but then forgot (laughs) there's only nine songs. All right, so number
3: nine for me, as much as I like it, it's just a short instrumental, so I got to give it the ninth spot, and that's D. Yeah.
1: Uh, Number nine for me is D. Okay. Okay, number eight for me is... I just don't need any Aussie ballads. I'm sorry. Goodbye to romance. Bye-bye romance. That's also my number eight. Goodbye to romance.
0: I think this is the first one that we've had this low to be the first unanimous choice. Goodbye to romance is my number eight. Wow. Okay.
1: My number seven is I got a problem with people that have a problem with porn. So no bone movies. Is number seven for me. Oh, boy.
3: (laughs) Number seven for me, I I like the song, but there's just too many other great things on this album, and that's Revelation Mother Earth.
0: Okay. Um, Number seven for me, I'm with Sonny on this, No Bone Movies. Ouch.
1: And just because of two ballads and a song that that you don't like porn. D ended up number six for me. Oh my God. A
3: (laughs) 49 second instrumental is better than that six minute
1: shit bag that I had to listen to it.
3: Fuck Uh, shit bag. I think this is where my rankings. I'm going to get yelled at by a lot of people here, Um, uh, but I'm prepared to take it. Uh, Number six for me is Mr. Crowley. Oh oh,
0: man. Oh yeah. Um, It, 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 It gets worse. All right. Number six for me is
1: Steal Away. The Night. <laughs> From Kiss. <laughs> uh, five for me, just because there's five great songs on this album, ended up being Suicide Solution. That's also my number five, Suicide Solution. Can't believe it.
0: Suicide Solution. Did we ever have this? Damn. That's too- unanimous choices i don't think we've ever had that
1: never nope not the same spot like that no way all right four for me is steal away the night (laughs) four for me i know you guys don't like it but i love the riff
0: uh no bone movies number four for me crazy train oh i thought i was gonna be bad having it ranked low you beat me But I I don't rank it low. I think that's a fucking 10 for me. Right. My whole point.
1: Right. All right. Uh, Number three for me, because there's three unbelievable songs on this album. I'm going to go with Mr. Crowley. as my number three. Okay. Number three for me is crazy train.
0: Number three
1: for me is I don't know. All right. And that is my number two. That is also my number
0: two. I don't know. My number two is Mr. Crowley. I can't believe what we're about to hear.
1: So that might.
3: I thought I was going to fucking rock the boat with my number one pick. Yeah. Zeus is going to be set off into fucking outer space with this.
1: And I want you to make this the poll because these three number ones, I think I would win the poll. 95. To three to two. Oh
3: no, no, no. You'll win it ninety-nine to one and
1: zero, maybe. I think people are sick of the song. They won't, it won't. I know it's gonna be number one. Go ahead. Number one's crazy train for me. And that peppiness that we were talking about in the verses is just enough peppiness to make it fun. Okay. Right. And I think besides that, the the song may have been a little more darker. And I'm Mm -hmm. okay with it. But I don't know in Crazy Train as my number one and two it could change depending on the day. But yeah. today, Crazy Train is my number one. Yep.
3: Number one for me was easy just because I, I said it when we talked about it before. The, the riff, the tempo, just the, the whole song. I just absolutely love it start to finish. And that's Steal Away the Night. Um, and I thought I was going to be the one with the most outrageous number one. And then Zeus
0: swoops in. I wish we would do Revelation the Night is my number one. But I wish we would do a poll. Revelation the Night. Um revelation versus steal away the night and see who who would win
3: i don't I, i i look i i like revelation i do like that song i am i don't think i've ever been more shocked in my life to hear a number one
0: ranked song on an album like this but that's okay that's where that's what this is for the song fucking rocks it's unbelievable Um,
1: that guitar, that whole.
3: Sonny's Sonny's having a seizure right now. (laughs) That's all right. Wow. All right. All
1: right. right. That was good. So our collective number one was, I don't know. Our collective number two was crazy train and tied for three was Mr. Crowley and steal away the night.
3: Wow. Okay. I'll take it. I'm no, no arguments with any of that.
0: So if we did a poll, I would say we put away, I don't know, Crazy Train, Mr. Crowley, and Steal Away. Yeah, those four. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And I got to, right. in,
1: in my opinion, Mr. Crowley's going to win. Uh, I wow. think Crazy Train still wins.
0: Yeah, I no.
3: think the, the the problem with a lot of these polls, and we've seen this before, they just go for the hits. And I, I know that this album has a lot of quote-unquote hits, but you're going to see a lot of casual people scrolling through Twitter. Oh, Crazy Train, Crazy Train, Crazy Train. But we'll see. You might be right. We'll see. Yeah. So,
0: now, we go... Towards the overall compared to the other um, I believe uh eight albums. So nine albums altogether. So yep. we have reviewed Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU 812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi Sonny and Tom. Um, Sonny. You ranked your albums Peace of Mind, Slide It In, Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, OU812, and Load. Those Where are, are albums. Gooding, those are Those are, those are covers. covers. Yeah.
3: You said albums.
0: Album are, covers.
3: Okay. Okay. You, you, you said albums. Well, when I read the albums, I was yeah. reading off what we've reviewed so far. Right, but then you said, Sonny, you're, you're,
1: you're, you ranked your albums
0: as... Well, you didn't say album. I meant to say by covers. That's fine. Oh,
1: okay. Okay, so you, were you asking me where I'm putting this? Yep. Okay, I'm putting it right behind slide it in. So it will go peace of mind, slide it in, and then Blizzard of Oz, and then Pyromania for album covers.
0: Okay. 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 Tom, you ranked the covers, peace of mind, Appetite, Pyromania, Slide It In, Super Unknown, Bon Jovi, Load, OU812. We have a new number one. Blizzard of Oz is going at number
3: one for me. Wow. Just on the memories that I have from it as, as a kid and the impact that it had and the fact that it is still to this day menacing and unique. Going
0: ahead just by a hair over peace of mind, but it's going to number one for me. Wow. Yep. So I've had Appetite as my number one. Peace of mind, slide it in. Pyromania, super unknown. OU812, Bon Jovi, load. I am going to put Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz as the number one. Ooh, all right. Nice. Appetite moves down Okay, alright, yeah. that's cool it, It's nostalgia Over Appetite More, more yeah. nostalgia for Blizzard of Oz Than Appetite, that's all and I, and I had both these albums When they both came out So yep, it is what it is Alright, let's go to the big one And that is album Ranking So, Sonny You rank your albums like this Slide it in Appetite, Pyromania, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, OU812,
1: Super Unknown, Load. Where do you put Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz? Do I have a Peace of Mind, OU812, and Bon Jovi, or Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, OU812? Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, OU812. Yep. Uh, Blizzard of Oz is going after OU812. Oh,
3: that low.
1: Because oh, those three bottom songs oh, they are stink. really bad.
3: Wow. Uh, so, they're so just you're not gonna,
1: really bad to me.
3: So you're not going to let the good stuff carry the bad stuff?
1: It carried it all the way to where it got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. That album has a, a political blues on it.
1: <laughs> it carried it to where it got to. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. All okay. Right. Tom. You ranked your albums like this Pyromania Appetite for Destruction Super Unknown Load, Slide It In OU812 Bon Jovi, Peace of Mind Blizzard of Oz is
3: going To fit nicely After Appetite for Destruction And ahead of Super Unknown So Blizzard will be my new number 3 Wow Yeah it does, uh, I, you know, it does have a couple songs that aren't great. I don't hate them as much as Sonny does, but the standout tracks on this album are just, just too good. And, and the album has just been part of my life for too long. You know, I love Soundgarden. I mean, I love all these albums, but yeah, it's going to go number three for me.
0: Okay. So for me, I have Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Slide It In, Peace of Mind, Load, OU812. I put Blizzard of Oz, uh, number one. Oh, (laughs) slightly above Pyromania, slightly. Wow, ahead of of Pyromania and Appetite for Destruction, you have Blizzard of
3: Oz. Yep, absolutely. Good for you, good for you. Yeah, And this wasn't even my album choice. With Revelation Mother Earth being the number one song on your number one album.
0: Too many tens on this album for me. Okay. Way too many tens. There's only there's probably about five or six songs on this that makes me wish I was a guitar god. I agree. And You're this right. is my number one guitar album of all time. If I could play guitar, if I could ever learn to play guitar and ever be a guitar hero, I'd be like, Can I be Randy Rhodes? He's my favorite guitar player of all time. And probably my favorite, like, I don't know, person in, in, in metal. Yeah. Could well, be. Well, it's funny. It's funny.
3: Remember we did our band draft and our buddy Ed.
0: That's I why took- I was shocked
3: that I got pissed. <laughs>
0: he took,
3: he took, he took Randy with his number one pick. Yep. Yep. That's yep. right. All mm-hmm. right. Wow.
0: Woo-hoo. Blizzard of Oz is in the books. Wow. That's right. Woo-hoo. So now that uh, we finished that, we usually go to. The You Make Me Rock Hard segment.
1: Okay, so for the Rock Hard segment, I, it doesn't usually happen to me. I'm I watch Netflix and Amazon prime and stuff, uh, shows like that. And, uh, there'll be a show or two that I'll catch either the middle of the first season or maybe even catch the second season and kind of start getting into and then go back and watch a season. I have never came across a show that I never saw before. It's already over. It's got six seasons. You try it and it hooks you and you got to f- watch all six seasons. So there's a show on stars called power. And I remember when it was first coming out, uh, came out like six years ago. I was, I had it on my list to try, but we didn't have stars at the time. So I was like, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then we switched to Xfinity and now we have stars. And I'm like, oh, let me try the show. And I look and I'm like, oh my God, six seasons, dude, really? And by the time I get all the story, it's going to be done. So it's not even like worth looking forward to afterwards. All right, let me try a couple episodes. And then I was watching it before I went to bed when I got up at lunchtime on weekends when I had nothing going on. And I burned through the six seasons in eight days. What? Unbelievable. <laughs> like, I didn't sleep for three days. Holy shit. And I don't know what it is about the show. It's just, it's Omari Hardwick. He's the, he's the main guy. And he's like this ruthless drug dealer. And his name is Ghost. And he's got this criminal enterprise of drug dealing, and he's trying to get into the nightclub business. And there's this whole story about how do you switch to the nightclub business and try to get away from this other business while him and his wife are having problems. And his ex-girlfriend comes into the fold, and his ex-girlfriend's a district attorney. And there's all these like weird nuances, and his best friend helps him run the business, so he's got issues with his best friend now. It's very, very interesting, but it's called Power. It's on stars and it's run six seasons and in about a month ghost part Two's coming. So it's got a spinoff coming about his kid because, uh, I, well, I don't want to ruin it. So uh, something happens at the end to where his kid uh, gets started. So, uh, check it out. It's, it hooked me and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hard to get hooked on some of this stuff.
3: I have heard, I, I've, I have heard of it.
1: Yep. I will warn you. There's, uh, it is almost soft porn, but that isn't what hooked me. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm being honest about that, <laughs> but it, it is at times, you know how some of these stars showtime shows can end up being kind of like soft porn a little bit. It, it does have that. So I don't know if your 13 year old can go watch this, but, uh, uh if you're an adult, you may enjoy it. So it, would it be considered a bone movie or <laughs> no, cause there's no, no bone movies here. There's so.
3: no bone shown. So okay, there's no okay. bone movies. Okay. <laughs> All right. So for me. So over the, uh, over the last, you know, few months, whatever, with the pandemic, you know, people at been at home and had a lot of time to watch movies and TV shows. And I've said it many times. I'm a horror movie fan. That's what I surround myself with. But a lot of times I I'm watching those by myself, but sometimes if I'm tired and I don't feel like focusing on a movie, I will find, um, a sitcom, you know, we you know, 25 minute episodes, not a big commitment. And Seinfeld and the office are my shows. I've watched them religiously. I've actually just started. I think the office like again, like for like a millionth time. And I do the same thing, but one show that I never watched when it was on. And I've heard good things about, and the first season was a little touch and go. And then like most sitcoms, you know, like the first couple seasons of Seinfeld are even a little touch and go. And then it hits its groove. And that is parks and recreation I plowed through that entire that entire show. It's made by the same people that do The Office. It pretty much is The Office, okay? But it takes place at a little town in Indiana, and, and it's a, a parks and recreation department. You know, every character has their own little niche, just like The Office. It's filmed with, you know, the same kind of style, you know, people looking at the camera, you know, that people talking to the camera. It is fucking hilarious. If you like The Office, if you like sitcoms, if you like stupidity... If you like characters, it is just so much fun. I, I, I plowed through it. I couldn't stop watching it. I was sad when it was over. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I miss these people. So of course then I just watched back what just started watching the office again, but, um, parks and rec, I know it's a, it's a popular show. You know, I'm I'm not turning people on anything they've never heard of, but if you've never gotten into it or you never gave it a shot, it's on Netflix. It's just fucking unbelievable. I had such a fun time with it.
1: I tried that show. I, I need somebody to give me like 10 episodes to watch because I did not like
3: that show. Okay. And here's the thing a lot of people like, oh, Amy Poehler, not a big fan, whatever. Okay. In the first season, the first season, like I said, it was touch and go. Second season, they introduced some new characters. And then, like I said, the show found its groove, it took off, and the show wasn't just about Amy Poehler. She's a character in the show. But just like The Office, you know, Michael Scott is not. Every episode you know you got Jim you got Dwight You got and that's how Parks and Rec turned. it 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 made that turn Where even if you're not a fan Of this character or that character Every episode revolves around everybody Pretty much evenly so I, I Would give it a shot like I said the, the first season A little bit sketchy like most new Sitcoms but it, it it finds its groove Second season onward Zeus
0: okay so For me I I've switched as As this episode went on what I'm going to pick because i i can never fucking do this i always wait till the last minute <laughs> so for me uh, a show that i watched uh they're filming i think season three two seasons are on and it's on hbo and it's called succession i don't know if any of you guys have seen love it, it. love it yeah so it's about a guy named logan roy he's played by the awesome actor brian cox it's supposedly like i don't know loosely based not on Actual kids in their personalities But the Murdoch family Where the guy owns this media conglomerate And he has like Some sort of a health scare and he's older And now his kids are all Battling and they're not like They're uh, you know to take over and who's going to control The empire and everything Is like PR related And power moves and backstabbing And how like You know the industry works and how the rich People live it's just little subtle things you pick up on the show, like the way they talk to other staff members or like the little people, how these rich people, are just complete fucking dicks. And it's not many redeeming people on the show. Even one of the kids, the nephew, that you start off watching the show like he's like a removed nephew who wants to learn from the family. you like you want to think of him as like the good guy who's gonna do it. He's a shit bag. They're all shit bags everybody's an asshole. There's no good person. Maybe you like his wife in the show. You're thinking she might be a nice person. She's ethical. Everybody's an asshole. Everyone's got a backstory. So it's hard sometimes to kind of, but you get caught up in the drama. Is he going to lose the company? Is the son who you think the main son in the story going to be the one that's going to take over? And there's been different parts of the show in two years where every one of the kids you think is going to take over Or maybe a third party is And you're like And at the end every episode of the season You're like how the fuck do they survive this How the fuck do they survive Season 2 ended And I was like how the fuck is it going to get over this Because it's almost like everything acts like The the end of the earth Because this, this is how this is going to get paid in the public Or oh, we got to get over and get in front of this How the media is going to take this And it's just like holy shit Who wants to live like this And in the meantime, you see the it's almost like dynasty or Dallas, how the rich people live. And we're talking billionaire rich, you know, media conglomerates and how they like get the senator on the phone or get this guy who's running for office for president. Get him on the phone and how everything revolves. The acting is off the charts. Brian Cox is just such a great actor. I love him in anything he does. It's a great show. If you watch it, you'll be fucking hooked big time on it. And and there's always shit in the show that happens when you just watch an episode, you're waiting for something to happen, and all of a sudden a completely off the fucking radar shit happens in the middle. And you're like, where the fuck did this stuff come? You gonna deal with this? Now you're gonna deal with this? It's crazy. HBO? HBO.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and Tom, one of the things that succession does similar to the office. So you get the uh, the normal pan shots that you would get on a professional sitcom like the office. Right. And then you know how sometimes it go into the office and then it kind of feels like a hidden camera yes, type situation. They do the same thing with succession okay. is that at times it's very professionally HBO series, blah, blah, blah. And then at times it feels a little more personal and that's how mm-hmm. they kind of make it personal. And that's kind of what hooks you. I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Great show. So Sonny, Anything you want to push?
0: Drugs, uh, no. uh, yeah, bad, ha- drugs, bad uh, habits, uh, porn
1: movies. Uh, yeah, don't don't worry about no bone <laughs> movies. Uh, no bone okay. movies are bad. Um, no, all is going well at Growing Up Rock. Um, we're past our third year, and we are coming up on episode three hundred. I think three hundred wow. is reporting two weeks from now wow, at Podcast Rock City. So uh, should be fun. Awesome, Tom. And uh, yeah, we are shouted out Loudcast.
3: If you're listening to us now on the bonus episode. Uh, we're an all kiss podcast. New episodes drop every Saturday. Um, you can email us at loudcast at gmail.com. Email us about this episode or the, our kiss shows. Give us ideas for albums we may or may not listen to. Who knows? Uh, we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're very interactive with our followers and our fans. Um, our show can be found on all the major podcast platforms. We're part of the great Pantheon podcast family network, and we're on all the, all the big Uh, platforms out there if there's a particular platform that you listen to your podcast and you can't find us let us know and but we should be uh everywhere that you're listening and uh, we have an awesome facebook group the shouted out Loudcasters. uh it's a great place where kiss fans of all eras and all ages can uh share stories pictures whatever so jump on there if you want to have some fun and uh yep all kiss all the time except for once a month with sunny where we talk about all the albums that we love
0: and don't forget Ed at ClickTeaShop.com Ed at ClickTeaShop.com. He pushes uh, our Promotes our um, Shout It Out Loud cast gear And a few of other our friend podcasts our Fellow podcasters shows And he's got incredible gear of Kiss gear that he has Kiss inspired gear uh, T-shirts are phenomenal Check out Ed at ClickTeaShop.com Don't forget to give us those Five star Star child reviews on podchaser.com on itunes.com and remember those uh emails shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com and don't forget you can always d de- uh, send us a dm facebook twitter and also instagram we end with famous last words what do you got sonny <coughs>
1: Let me get my voice right here,, uh-huh. Mr. Charming, did you think you were pure, Mr. Alarming, in nocturnal rapport, uncovering things that were sacred, manifest on this earth, ah, oh, conceived in the eye of a secret, and they scattered the afterbirth.
3: oh, thanks, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. All right. Point my finger at the fools. Broken chains and broken rules. Let it be rebellion rules tonight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. How am I supposed to know hitting meanings that will never show fools and profits from the past life's a stage. And we're all in the cast.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. So what I do is I print out all the lyrics and highlight what I'm going to say. And then we decide who takes what part of the album. I had the exact lyrics highlighted for both of those
3: songs. That is pretty unbelievable. And, and if, if we're, we're recording on Skype with video. And as I read my lyrics, Sonny held up his sheet. As Zeus read his lyrics, Sonny held up his <laughs> sheet. And he did. He's Mr. Crowley. He predicted us. He's a fucking beast. Black magic. <laughs> he is Mr. fucking Crowley.
0: Mr. Pooney. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch some good porn? But a boom. Oh boy. Oh God. Anyway, on that note. Thank you, Sonny.
3: Thank you, Zeus. Great time as always. I love these bonus episodes. And boy, was I way off when I said, wow, there's only eight songs in an instrumental. This won't be as long as the other bonus episodes. <laughs> thank you, guys. A blast as always. And thank you, fans out
0: there.
1: I hope you guys had fun with this one. Thanks for having me again. Great time.
0: Thank you, Sonny. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kiss Army. Peace out, Girl Scout.